Happy, happy, happy Halloween. Oh, you're over it? Well, it looks like December again. The weird, the weird thing is, the weather forecast is worse, but it's actually better today. You know, in terms of commuting. For now. For yeah. Now. Yeah, it'll happen later. Well, talk to me about that. What do you mean later? Well, what are they saying? Like 10 o'clock? First off, who are they? We always talk about they. Who are they? The weather magicians. Yeah. The scientists. Mr. McGill. All right. So here's the deal, people. It's going to take it longer to get to work again today, but I would say probably similar to yesterday by the time rush hour is over. Agree or disagree? Agree. Agree. Disagree. Going to be worse or better? (laughs) Well, this morning, I think it'll be better. I disagree, too. This morning's traffic will be better than yesterday's because there's no, I, I don't see any snow. I mean, there might be some way out west right now, but so far, so good on the roads. They were much worse yesterday. So through rush hour, we should be okay. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Don't quote me on that, but if it keeps raining like this, it's, it's very windy, though. Do you notice how windy it is? Sure. I saw a lot of branches down. That's why I'm I in uh, white lighting. Stable vehicle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Keep both hands on the wheel. All right, let's get to it. Here is your top six at six. I mean, that's the closest we could get to helping you get to work right there. (laughs) Kind of a... With the top six at six. Item number one, the Chicago Teachers Union strike is over. Item number one, the Chicago Teachers strike is still going on. I don't know. Here's the thing. Uh, We're going to have at uh, 710 this morning, Kelly Davis from uh, Channel 9 has been covering the strike. And uh, maybe she can explain it to us. But, Steve, as I understand this, the teachers don't want to go back to work until they're guaranteed the time that they missed off will be paid time and tagged on at some point, either through the end of the school year or possibly even a Sunday. Well, that's one way to look at it. The other way to look at it is they want that instructional time back. They want to have those. Ki- they want the kids to not miss those instructional days. That's you know from another perspective to look at it. Well, um, they're both they're, they're that, both important. The money and the kids, right? But that's the that's the deal this morning. You have the teachers' union saying they want those days, and the mayor saying no way. The thing I don't understand was this in the negotiation. I because I heard I, I heard yesterday it was a tag on. You can't tag stuff on. Well, I think you could you could tag on anything you want. Well, not after you have a tentative agreement. After well, you have this, a tentative agreement, the, the, you, there's an honor system. You yeah. can't go. I also want this. The based on the way I saw the reporting yesterday, this was this was this came up before there was this agreement that this was apparently an issue, and that they wanted they they had told everybody before they voted on this last night that this is what they want. Here's what we're going to hear today from people. I've already heard it. Nobody asked you to strike. You know, you decided to strike. You took the risk of losing paid time. Why should we make it up? That argument's already started. I think uh, parents are really getting frustrated at this point. I guarantee it. Uh, yeah. My sister because yelled at me last night. Really? I said, I didn't, I'm not on strike. What are you yelling at me for? <laughs> well, I think now they feel like, okay, it's just getting political at, at this point now. Yeah. It's not about the kids. And what happened with the football team? Uh, what's the deal with that now? Football teams are... are uh, they're, practicing? They're, they're doing tentative practice. They're actually out practicing because <laughs> they have to have a deal in place where they can go full on with the schools by tomorrow, Friday. Or by Saturday. But, you know, Friday so they can prepare for Saturday's games. So they will be able to play probably. Well, they practiced yesterday. So. But who's coaching them? Can the coach coach? Um, I Is he did, still on strike? There were tall, older-looking people on the fields that I saw, so I assume those <laughs> well, they were could coaches. Have been parents. They it's like us. Been. We're having a tentative radio show. <laughs> yeah, well, that's every day. Next! <laughs> the Washington Nationals won their first ever World Series and the first World Series in D.C. since 1924 when Dave was 40 years old. 
and covered it. Remember that day? <laughs> Why do you have to put well, it listen, like that? They never came close to sniffing a World Series when I was a kid. And it wasn't this team. No, 1924, they had a star on that team. Named, wasn't that the Walter Johnson team? Walter Johnson, yeah. yeah. But... Uh, uh, when, for, I was, when I was a kid, it was the Washington Senators, and they were awful. Yeah. I told you, the first game I ever went to was a Washington Senators-Baltimore Orioles game. With Frank Robinson, Brooks Robinson, and no Ted doubt. Williams managing the Senators. Uh, which, he was the he was the American League Manager of the Year in 1969 for getting them above 500. <laughs> well, this, is, this was 1970 in Baltimore's old Memorial Stadium mm. in the bleacher seats for 85 cents. Wow. Yeah, and, I, and I'm doing the math here. Uh, if Dave was 40 in 1924. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, that, Steve. That, that makes you 150? Is that what's yeah. is, is well, my listen, math? My dad no, was, you're way off. 133. My dad was one in 1924. Oh, well, that would be weird then if you were actually yeah, 40. it would be. <laughs> uh, anyway, congratulations to the Nats. First time ever anybody has ever won in the NBA, NHL, uh, or MLB in a seven-game series by winning nothing but road games. Really it's, crazy it's, World Series. It was, cr- it was unbelievable. Believable, and guess who texted me last <laughs> night during the game? Ted Williams. Close, G. Suki. Oh, is that right? Yes, because she was saying if every baseball game was like this, I would love this game. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Did you stay up and watch the whole thing, G. Absolutely, it was amazing. I, I, I bailed in the eighth. I actually love watching baseball more than other sports. It's but so anyway. slow. It's because you have time to talk to your friends <laughs> and drink. <laughs> Next, shake your drink. The rideshare company Uber said it has filed suit against Skokie on Wednesday over new taxes alleging that they violate the state's constitution. Some cities are looking to either impose rideshare fees or increase existing rates to deal with heightened congestion and lower public transit use. Well, why Skokie? What'd Skokie do? Huh. Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot last week proposed an increase in rideshare fees as much as 3 bucks on solo rideshares downtown. Um, Skokie, I think you and, rideshare, and uh, a rideshare was like Uber. You should maybe get some counseling. <laughs> Maybe talk out. Arbitration. You know, right. Think about how much you mean to each other. Next. <laughs> Love that kid. Uh, this week, Starbucks announced it's going to set aside $10 million bucks or three large coffees uh, to help jumpstart economic development in Chicago neighborhoods burdened by years of neglect and disinvestment. The money will be channeled to nonprofit community development groups, which in turn will uh, use that in uh, cash to finance loans to small businesses. It sounds like a pretty good plan to me. Next. Kids starting to annoy me. Our owners of uh, old iPhones and iPads have to update their software by Sunday at midnight or they will not be able to connect to the Internet. The Apple devices that reportedly must complete the upgrade to stay online are the iPhone 5, the iPhone 4S, the iPad 2, the iPad Retina display, and fourth generation iPad. Any questions? Wow, thanks What's for covering the, it all. What's the Retina display? <laughs> That's the one where they jam an iPad in your eye. Yes. <laughs> There's a, and there's an interesting news story too today about this as well. Um, the uh, uh, Apple's there's a rumor that Apple is going to move to a subscription service, mm-hmm. so that you pay like one monthly fee, and then that would include the iCloud service. It would include uh, potentially a hardware upgrade when it's time for a hardware upgrade. Uh, so that may be coming in the next couple of months as well. well. That's great. I love that Apple has a chance to make a little more money. Right. Uh, and finally, this. JetBlue announced a Halloween flight sale with prices so low, they might scare you. Consumers are getting the treat, as JetBlue wrote in their public or in their uh, press release, on uh, something called the Monster Sale. Sets the price for each flight taking off on Halloween at $31. The two-day sale includes all flights from the United States, Puerto Rico, and the Virgin Islands. There's still a chance for a cheap getaway for you if you book today. 
Uh, the option given for Chicago flights are to New York, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, and Boston. I, you know, you go to New York for 31 bucks. That's pretty good. Not bad. Not it's bad. probably 31 each way. That's 60 bucks round trip. Of course, the weather's probably going to stop you. <laughs> well, you go to Fort Lauderdale for sixty bucks. Have you ever flown JetBlue? I never have. Uh, no. It's nice. It's really it? good. Yeah. Yeah. They have a ton of gates in Milwaukee. Milwaukee, I believe, is one of their hubs. Uh, from and what I remember, you can just order as many snacks as you want from the little <laughs> monitor. So everything is an upgrade. It's like Frontier or Spirit. Or no, no, no. It's included for thirty-one bucks. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, JetBlue. They got to upcharge if something. They get on the plane. They go. Listen, we need gas. They pass the hat. We need gas money. Just keep punching for the for the uh, chips. You order the snacks on a screen in front of you? Mm-hmm. Everybody mm-hmm. has your own screen. How annoying is that to the flight attendants? <laughs> uh, actually, it's probably better, I suppose. I don't have to go. Would you like something? <laughs> With the cart. Uh, tell me what's in the snack boxes. Nick Gillio joins us now on the happiest day of the year for my freaky little friend, Nick. Good morning. Good morning. Happy holidays. You know, uh, hey, thank you for including me in a promo for your show. How about that, huh? Mm-hmm. When I played it this morning the first time, I almost passed out. I was like, that's fantastic. That's lovely. You Hold on, so Nick. Don't say anything. I just unplugged my own headphones. Gee, take over. <laughs> Nick, so you're what? saying that Steve doesn't do that for you normally. Well, you know, he's got so many great things. You guys have so many great things and so many great guests. I was just like, wow, he's plugging me? Oh, nice recovery there and a compliment. Hey, uh, this is your favorite day of the year. It is. Uh, You know, October is my favorite month of the year. Fall is my, well, (laughs) fall, if we ever have a fall, Mm -hmm. uh, is my favorite time of year. Uh, And I just love Halloween. I mean, you know, as as a very, 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 very small kid, I started watching horror movies at a very inappropriate age, and it's never I've never looked back. It's my favorite genre. And, and on yeah. Halloween, what's the greatest costume you ever wore? Uh, wow. I was never, you know, I, I, I was one of those kids who, I went as Dracula, like, every year when I was a kid. <laughs> Did you have, like, a really cool Dracula, and you just didn't want to not get all the use out of it, or that just was the handy one? <clears throat> Yeah, no, I mean, I guess it was a combination of the two, because I was a big fan of one of my favorite movies of all time, ever, is The Horror of Dracula, um, which is the the British Hammer version uh, from the studios of Hammer with uh, Christopher Lee and Peter Cushing, and that's one of my favorites. It's my favorite Dracula movie of all time, and it's odd, because, like, for Halloween, I would go as Dracula, who was Christopher Lee in the movie, but my hero was Peter Cushing, who played Van Helsing. But I didn't think people would recognize Van Helsing as an eight-year-old. Yeah, you know, probably a pretty good call by you. Yeah, I think a lot of other eight-year-olds would go, what are you? What were you? And I'd be like, Van Helsing. They're like, I have no idea what you're talking about. I'm a scarecrow. And Van Helsing to you, too. Uh, Exactly. All right, so we got some new movies out this weekend. But before we get to those, what will you do today? Will you hand out candy to the youngsters? Will you go and take their candy from them and have like a crazy laugh on the way home? I I don't expect that uh, if, you know, people are going to show up here to get candy with, you know, four inches of snow on the ground. I just don't think that's going to happen. And even if there weren't four inches of snow on the ground, the apartment building that I live in, um, I have been here for eight years. Had not, I've not had one trick or treater in eight years. Do you have uh, um, a doorman, or do you have creeps in the building and no, parents keep the door, kids away? Yeah, like I live in a, I live in a building with a doorman. Come okay, how come your neighbors don't send their kids over? Uh, I don't know my neighbors. <laughs> I live in an apartment too. I don't get any trick or treaters. I don't think people even bother with apartments unless it's a building with lots of young children. 
I, yeah, I, no, and I, I don't. I, I don't think I have any young children in the building. I don't know who lives here. I just walk <laughs> you don't in, know close your the door. And, I don't know. I, I, I like turn to. Off, I turn off. I turn off the lights and lock the door. I don't know. <laughs> I like to dress up, go to like a Gold Coast high rise, and then just try to get in and just say trick or treat, see if they're giving out money. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, but yeah, I mean, but no, I mean, I, I, I usually celebrate the entire month by trying to watch as many horror movies as I can because it's it's the best time of year. This is suddenly in October, you know, like for the rest of the year, people don't give the horror genre the respect it deserves. And suddenly in October, everybody is like, oh, let's watch a horror movie. Mm-hmm. And then they forget about it for the other, you know, the, the rest of the year. You'll never let them, my friend. You'll never let them. No, forget. no. All right. The new Terminator movies out. Is it as bad as I think it's going to be? No, uh, well, I haven't seen it, but I actually hear really good things. You're kidding um, me. No, no, no. I hear really good things, uh, and, and most of it has to do with the fact that Linda Hamilton has returned, and she hasn't been in a Terminator movie in 26 years, so that's kind of a big thing. Um, but I will say this. The last two Terminator movies, or three, this is, number, this is the sixth one. So the last two Terminator movies were unwatchable, like completely unwatchable. Uh, but... This is, you know, the, the script was, was co-written by Jim Cameron. Linda Hamilton is back. Uh, Arnold is back. And um, it's been getting really, really good buzz. I'm so. going to go see it just for Linda Hamilton because she looks like such a bad mamma jamma in it. And uh, I like how they're not putting her up and uh, weathered her face yeah, looks. Yeah. And she say. looks like she could kick anybody's butt. Weathered it's, was the word I saw when I first saw her. I went, whoa. Yeah. Yeah. They're not trying to pretty her <laughs> up. work on her. Yeah. Good. Well, Still no, looks, I mean, know, she and, looks and, beautiful and, to me. Uh, I wouldn't go great. near her. <laughs> Sarah Connor in T2 is one of the biggest badasses in the history of movies. And. To have her come back, because the scripts for the other ones are pretty terrible. I have, I'm actually a fan of the third one. I'm like, it's like me and six other people like the third one. But the fourth and the fifth one are absolutely unwatchable. But she's back, and it's a big deal uh, that she's back. Because Sarah Connor is an iconic, you know, kick-butt woman uh, in the history of film. And to have her come back and look as good as she looks now, and like just in the trailers alone, she's shooting big guns, she's punching people across the face. That's the thing I'm excited about, is that she's in it. <laughs> Uh, is that where you're going to take your parents to this weekend? No, that's what we're going to see. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. I got 90 seconds. Arctic Dogs. What is that? Oh God! It's a, uh, a, a, a an animated movie about some dogs in the Arctic. All right. Cool. Harriet. What is that? That's Harry Tubman. It's a biopic of Harriet Tubman. Right. That's and, supposed uh, to be great. It, it, yeah. No. It's getting it's it's getting great notices, and uh, and I'm actually looking forward to it. I'm I'm going to see that tomorrow. And what about Motherless Brooklyn? That is Edward Norton's new directorial film. He wrote, co-wrote it, he directed it, he's in it, and it's a period piece that takes place in New York about a, uh, a, a hitman with Tourette's who is trying to avenge the death of his mentor. Bruce Willis is in it. It's got a really good cast, and Edward Norton directed it. It's getting not good reviews, though. So, You uh, got a favorite candy for Halloween? Uh, it's this, this, my favorite candy of all time right now is, is, it's relatively new. It's called Take Five. You guys know the Take it's Five? It's unbelievable. It's a chocolate covered pretzel with other stuff. Delicious. It's the greatest invention ever. It's the greatest. And it's, it's called Take Five. There are five ingredients, one of which is a pretzel, which puts it right over the top. Yeah, it's tremendous. I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, yeah. all right, buddy. Uh, happy Halloween. Did I just lose you? No, I said happy Halloween again. Oh, I didn't hear you. Okay. Hey, yeah. happy Halloween. Same to you guys. Everybody, happy Halloween. All right, I'll talk to you later. That's Nick DiGilio. <laughs>
Super Joe, could you have an engineer come in here before I throw this computer off the 33rd floor onto the street below? You got it, buddy. We're only on the 18th, actually. What? We're on the 18th. I mean, pal. Toss it up. No, I'm on 33. Yeah, do the old I have a hammer if you need it, too. You did. <laughs> but I thought you were making a joke. <laughs> trying to sign on to this computer for the last oh, 20 minutes or so while I'm talking. Do you want my sign on? Uh, yeah, in a minute. I think I am going to. I'd also like money. You don't want you don't want him to use your sign on, Dave. Are you locked out? Is that what's yeah? Happening? Well, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. You don't know what he's doing over there. Uh, neither do I. Maybe it's a trick. <laughs> Six thirty. It's headlines time right now. Baby shark, do 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 do. Baby shark, do 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 do. Baby shark, do 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 do. Baby shark. Mama shark, do 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 do. This is the mellow, slow, laid-back, almost jazzy version of the new Nats love song. And I go to our friend Chuck Todd, who's drunk on champagne. He's been in the locker room all night with his Washington Nationals. Congratulations. Man, oh, man. That was uh, what, a, what a crazy postseason. I, I love that there's a great story for them. You know, when you have a team that wins a, like, wins a World Series, you hope that there's... You know that it that it really is a a story you can say. And remember that time, and and they started like that. You know, right? You always want your team. Sure. You feel like you want to embellish it, and they have a pretty good story to tell for the championship. It's, so it's crazy. It's they have one. It's a great story. All road wins never happen in major sports in a seven game series anywhere, anywhere. Yeah, yeah. I actually have a theory a, a little bit that the Nats were uniquely better without. A, were uniquely better with a DH for one major reason. They didn't feel the pressure of pinch hitting for their starters sooner than they needed to. Well, so it allowed them to not have to go to the bullpen as fast. And I think that, weirdly enough, normally you think the National League team would, would that, that Houston would be in a greater deficit doing that. But, but, but in, 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 in this case, I just think the Nats were uniquely yeah. situated with such a crappy bullpen they needed that. It's a, it's a very good point. You know, you may you may know too much about sports now. Maybe it's time to get out of politics. You know, maybe it's time to conquer another hey, field. Man. It's all about isn't it all about to have more than one exit ramp? <laughs> Don't you want to have more than one exit ramp in last year? Yeah, I, think I haven't uh, thought about the various. You you want to know? Oh, yeah, that's a rest stop. That's a you want to have you want to have options, Steve. You want to have options. All the times I've been thrown out, you don't need to tell me. Um, yeah. All right, so this is a big day in Washington, not just because the Nats won, but Could because be. they're having a bunch of fun Could in be. the house today. So there's lots of noise about this uh, this vote today. Uh, parliamentary is that a good way of uh, stating it? Because we all know how it's going to end. Well, because it will be a um, very party line vote. I, I mean, look, I think that. I find it interesting that they want to hurry up and vote and skip town. The biggest thing that has surprised me about how today is going to go is the fact that the vote's in the morning and they, they're having it early enough so they can all make noon flights to leave town. Uh, and I would have thought, and here's what that tells me, neither party um, is comfortable enough with this vote on either side of this vote that they think they have to explain it. I thought... You would you would assume that these folks would have wanted to go to the floor right. and explain their vote, and that we would be here all day 
basically dealing with four speeches and the fact that they don't want to do it. I think it tells you there's a little nervousness in the Democratic side that, that, that at least some of their members are going, to, are going to pay a price for this. And there's a little nervousness in the Republican side that, that, that they basically are cap they're after today, they're all in with Trump, right? So it, 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 you can see that there's a tad bit of nervousness on each side politically um, with this vote. So what, what, I mean, does this change anything? Is it uh, impeachment starts no. your engines? Uh, you know, there's the, no, the, yeah. I think it, I think it, all it does is take away a Republican talking point that they were afraid to go on the record. Look, Republicans don't know whether this is good politics or bad politics for them, but they're pretty sure for at least a handful of Republican, a handful of, of freshman Democrats who won in Trump district, they think they can make it hard for them. So, you know, look, I think, today is going to get overrated as a as a big day you know um ultimately uh when the hearings you know we're, you know the bigger stuff that happened you know i think the more important story that happened yesterday is john bolton said please subpoena me yeah, I agree. i'm not coming voluntarily wink wink but geez if you issue a subpoena wink wink i'll have to follow right it. i mean that to me is the more significant development than this vote today Long term in this impeachment story. Do you have any sense, uh, because everybody calls you, uh, uh, what it's like in the White House now? You know, um, what's the mood in the hallways? Well, there's a lot, you know, we're, we're in the middle of this. There's distrust of the chief of staff. You know, it's funny when, when somebody is on the verge of getting ta- uh, sacked in this Trump White House, and you could just tell, like, Mulvaney looks like the guy with cooties right now. <laughs> nobody wants to stand next to him, right? I mean, it's like, nobody is defending him. Like, by him. Oh, oh, hey, oh, no, something like him right now. Get away from him. He's got the cooties. And, uh, you know, so there's a little bit of, of, of that kind of knife fighting going on at a time when they ought to be unified in what they're focused on and trying to save their boss. So, yeah, I think, um, but, you know, you'd sit there and say, oh, geez, it's chaos in the Trump White House. Oh, no, what's Trump going to do? And you're like, this is how he operates, right? They're, they're, he didn't know any other way to roll than sort of seat of his pants, uh, kind of like this. Right? Yeah, you know, well, yeah, so, yeah. Uh, I, 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 you know, it's chaotic. I think he, every day, wakes up. Think about it. He wakes up thinking about it, and he goes to bed thinking about it. It's totally in his head. I mean, Nancy Pelosi is living in his head right now. And, and I think that in and of itself is why I think ultimately this will end up being good politics for Democrats, mostly because it will impact Trump's behavior. It will surface the worst version of Trump for the public. Speaking of Democrats, um, we know this. We know the majority of the population won't be engaged in the presidential election until next summer, uh, maybe even early fall. But those who are engaged on the left and the right, and those of us who talk about it, uh, seem less engaged than in the past. Uh, the Democrats have a buzz problem? Um, maybe. I also think everybody needs to calm down. I think I think right now they all look ugly. You know, you're like, I don't know. I don't want to take any of these folks to the prom. They're all ugly. Um, they're all going to be terrible dates. I think we're all focused on the warts. We're focused on everybody's wart right now. And so... We're both in that period of the campaign, and, you know, there's also this, this you know, impeachment has just sort of sucked some oxygen mm-hmm. out of the presidential race as well. So, look, yes, I agree that it lacks a little 
firepower right now, but I think that is more the atmospherics. You know, I, at this point in time, the Democratic field in 04 looked terrible, right? Howard Dean, sure. Kerry didn't look so hot. Edwards looks like he wasn't going to get there. Edwards was sort of the Pete Buttigieg of then, right, a little bit. You know, sort of the, the younger outsider guy. Right. And by March, John Kerry looked like a, a formidable nominee, right? So I would just say with all the hand-wringing and, 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 and sort of, you know, um, PP and then, you know, worrying about, you know, wetting their beds and things mm-hmm. like that right now, I think it's kind of overwrought. I, I, my guess is by March, whoever the Democratic nominee is will, will, will suddenly look, will look politically formidable again. All right, last question. Can you Mike... You won't notice the wart. Because uh, I want to let you get back to the locker room. Can Mike Bloomberg get in? Will he get in? Should he get in? All of those, any of those? No, no, no. I mean, the Democratic <laughs> Party's not going to nominate a billionaire. Uh, I don't think he can get the nomination. It would divide the party. I don't think you can actively be anti-Warren in the Democratic Party and win the Democratic nomination. You can you can be supportive of her, but say, you know, but I think that, that, that Bloomberg is almost considered, you know, the antithesis of Warren inside the Democratic Party. So, no, I mean, I, I, I don't think that's the rescue plan. I actually think if Democrats are looking for an alternative, I don't understand why they're not recruiting a Stacey Abrams or somebody like that. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think in an odd way, I, I think this idea that a hope for Bloomberg or, or, or it doesn't I, I don't. People that call for Bloomberg are, are, are those that have no idea what's happened to the Democratic Party in the last five years. You know, I have a theory on this, too. Uh, uh, no matter how much money you have, uh, attention is a drug. And there are so many old white guys who are going, do you know who I used to be? And I think Bloomberg's got a touch of that. <laughs> well, I no, I actually think he's one of the few. No, I think if he did, he'd be running. Well, but, by, 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 well, but he's sniffing. Credit, the, he's the idea that he's sniffing around it. No doubt, but Steve, he's self-aware enough. His ego's just enough in check where where Bloomberg isn't going to run if he doesn't think he can win. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, it, it, I, there are other guys who are just in it at a pure vanity project, right? With the billionaire Tom Steyer, right? This feels like more of a vanity project for him than anything else. Uh, if Bloomberg ran under these circumstances with all the polls showing what they show now in, in the direction of the Democratic Party, then I'd be sitting there going, yeah, there's another one, unself-aware, egomaniac, you know, old billionaire. Mm-hmm. But he is self-aware about this. Did you let your kids stay up to watch the game? I did. I, of course. Good for you. Course, makes you a you good dad. Let them, you Absolutely. Because you don't know if you're ever going to get you another know. one. That's, look, I mean, <laughs> yes. I, you know, I didn't know... I didn't know the Dodgers were going to stop in 88. Mm-hmm. You know, you just don't know. You don't know. Well, that's a cool experience, and I'm glad you had it. And uh, thank you as always. Thank you, man. All right. Go now. See you. That's Chuck Todd. It is uh, 6.52, and the uh, great uh, Kelly Davis will be on with us at 7.10, talking about the CTU strike. She's been out there walking around talking to those people. Uh, as it stands this morning, and Steve will update this at 7 o'clock, uh, they have a tentative, a tentative agreement that's been agreed upon, except for what, Steve? 
Except for uh, the days that have been uh, have transpired since the strike began, the teachers' union wants to make up those days, uh, and the mayor's office says no because she doesn't want to pay the teachers for those uh, strike days. Uh, the teachers' union obviously saying they uh, want those days to make up for uh, educational time that they've lost with the students. So this is the this is the last uh, fight in this battle that uh, is uh, standing between uh, returning to school and uh, not returning to school. Are these days? off yeah well i i don't doubt they want the, the time to be made up with the kids but they want the money too so that, i mean that's part of it um and it's 10 days 11 days how many days uh today is the 10th day out of class 11th day out of class i'm sorry today is 11 today's uh, day 11 yeah all right uh let me just scroll quickly through the textures here and um uh, and just see what uh, people are saying about this why can't the teachers union, union use the money they're spending on commercials to pay for those 10 days well, let's not go crazy. Uh, 312, parents are frustrated. No, they're angry. 224, shocker, they settled right before they lost their insurance. It's not been fair to the kids. The teacher's decision should have caused them for, to forfeit games. The uh, changing of the rules as they go has to stop. Um, this is the comment I saw on Instagram from a parent um, that said... Enough is enough. Get to the table and finish this now. This has turned political, and we as parents are not pleased. Pull up your big person's pants and make it happen. Yeah, I mean, it really is time to be grown-ups here. Can we settle on five days? How about five days and a nice lunch at Joe Stone Crab? I mean, that would be good. <laughs> wow, Joe Stone Crab, yeah, that's expensive. Or, or five days and some donut holes. And that's you more know, affordable. You don't have to go to crab. Yeah. Let's do yeah. something economic. Oh, yeah, and something they could actually use because yeah. they got to work hard and they got to eat on the run. How about I buy the donut holes? You're going to buy the do- enough all donut the hole? Yeah, I no, was just-, just no, just like for one of the teachers. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, a dollar ninety nine cup. Steve, are you awake? Do you know what you're walking into? I did get up at three. Uh at six fifty four. Uh, as we continue, let me tell you what's coming up on the show here. We'll talk politics next hour in a little greater detail with the strike and what effect it may have on the uh, city uh, going forward. And also, if there's anything happening downstate other than the uh, hiding of Michael Madigan, I'm telling you, uh, we got to find him. I'm worried. I mean, here we are, 1,478 shows, and he still won't return the calls. Oh, wait, he can't return the calls. He doesn't have an office phone. Yes, I'm still a big fan. There are the Mike Madigan crickets. You know what that means. 312-981-7200. You could be a big winner. 369 days until the election. Uh, after we talk to Kelly Davis, Bridget Gaynor, uh, and Eric Edelstein will be in studio. And Pat Brady's on the road. I think he's calling us from L.A. or San Diego or somewhere uh, out there. By the way, those fires. Holy. Unbelievable. Did you see how close it got to the Reagan National Library? Yeah, and the goats saved the library. Yeah. yeah. They had literally hundreds of goats come in and chew enough foliage to yeah. create a firewall within feet of the library. Yeah, I saw some video. Somebody posted video on Twitter. Uh, they were standing next to the old Air Force One inside the building looking out those big giant windows. And the fire was as close as the front yard. It was right there. The amazing thing is 70-mile-an-hour winds. Seventy. I mean, hurricane-strength winds. And those heroes are running into that, into that fire. They're trying, and, and there's a great science to it as well that I don't begin to understand. You know, guys flying over with planes, they're dropping that, what is that red stuff, that jelly thing that they drop the retardant, on the Retardant, that fire retardant. Yeah, smothers them out. But, I mean, you've, you could see active video of these flames jumping six-lane highways and continuing to burn. I mean, it's just, it's, 
it's Armageddon-like. Um, and God bless those people, not just the people in South Carolina that are in trouble, you know, uh, losing their houses or their property, and obviously their lives. But, I mean, these, these fire people, uh, folks that fight these uh, fires every year during fire season. That's right. Southern California has a fire season. Uh, it's It's pretty amazing. And it seems to me that, Dave, we didn't hear about this as much when we were growing up. No, not at all. I don't remember ever hearing about it. Forests have grown up, more more foliage, more drop of the same. More uh, buildings built yeah. in places where there probably shouldn't be buildings. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah, more homes in mm-hmm. those, those areas. But uh, science, anything about climate change in relation to this? I don't know that I've heard that argument. So, well, it's drier. It's drier, and the weather patterns have changed a little bit. So, I mean, because we have the Santa Ana winds that come in, and that gets drier, and they've generally had a drier situation over the last uh, couple of years with the you know these droughts mm-hmm. that they've had. So, I mean, you could draw the correlation there. Troy Murray's going to be on later talking about your Blackhawks and mine, and uh, we got a nutritionist on uh, for Halloween to make us feel guilty about eating all that candy. That's all coming up on seven twenty WGN. <laughs> makes a crappy morning with 20 degrees cooler than it should be so much better when you can ice ice baby it all the way to the car come on white people dance with me it's uh 709 and uh let's go to kelly davis standing by from the great number nine wgn television morning kelly good morning hi steve at kelly davis on twitter you should follow her immediately but actually after after she finishes the show all right so (laughs) you've been been covering the strike and uh the question that i have this morning and i don't know if there's a real clear answer to this is did the teachers ask for the pay us while we are striking during or after the settlement was agreed to so that that's a little unclear at this point mayor lightfoot says that this never came up in prior negotiations it sounds like it first came up on tuesday um, and as we know, they reached this tentative contract agreement on Wednesday. So it's still unclear exactly what the timeline is. But at this point, Mayor Lightfoot says that she just doesn't want to do it for a couple reasons. One, she doesn't want to extend the school year because it's already been an inconvenience for families. And then the other thing is she does claim that this never came up and that the union leadership just continues to move the goalposts to make this more difficult in contract negotiations. You know, we are uh, we get textures each morning that kind of give you a sense of the mood out there amongst the most active folks. And uh, the textures this morning are just pounding on the teachers. They're very unhappy uh is there a chance and are you feeling anything that they're concerned about losing any sort of momentum with the city because normally in these things the teachers get the benefit of the doubt right well i will say that jesse sharkey has said multiple times they would not have gotten to where they are today in terms of the current agreement that's on the table if they didn't strike so they do feel confident that the reason why they even got this far is due to the work stoppage but they also are pretty upset because they feel like they're being punished um, by the mayor because they were going against her um, throughout all of this so now you know of course if they don't add these makeup days then the teachers will not get paid because of this lack of class time and that's 11 days of missed school so far so I think they're upset, um, and that's why they do plan to rally at City Hall today at 10 o'clock this morning, and they plan to demand that the mayor return their days um, because they believe that's what's fair at this point. But here's the way you lose the argument. Nobody forced you to strike. 
I mean, there's not a single there's not a single business that would say, "Oh, you're not going to be here for eleven days." Well, I'll pay you when you get back. Uh, you know, unless it's a paid vacation or something. Eric, well, you, you run a company. I mean, the mayor didn't take away their days. Right. They took away their own days, and right. now they're asking her to give them back. I mean, it makes no sense. Mm-hmm. No, it's not. A, I don't know that it's a winnable argument. And uh, um, I'd, I'd be curious. I don't know if you talked to any teachers since last night, but once you had a uh, an agreement, a tentative agreement, I would think the teachers would want to get to a vote and get back to work. Yeah, I think it will be really curious to talk to teachers as they start to assemble at 10 o'clock this morning. And even just the amount that come out um, to make this demand of the mayor will be interesting, too. I mean, we've seen thousands of teachers show up at these rallies. So I think the amount of people who come out today will also speak volumes. Yeah, even in bad weather, right? I mean, that's been a strong show. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a whole other curveball in it. Yeah. All right, so uh, the mayor doesn't seem to be too pleased with this, and doesn't seem like she's messing around. But so you know, th- now you got to save face. It's not like the union could simply say, "All right, we'll come back to work." So, does anybody give you any indication of where this could go from here? Well, it's a lot of back and forth, as you guys have known. That's where it's at for the past eleven days of negotiations. Um, but. Last night during the press conference, uh, Mayor Lightfoot was pretty heated and pretty candid in the way that she said that, you know, there's a lot of give and take, and we've given so much. Every single day we've inched closer and closer to fulfilling the core needs, and she said there were like six core demands from the CTU, and they were willing to give a lot and at this point, CTU is not meeting them halfway at all. So she just seems very frustrated with the situation. Um, she said, you know, in prior negotiations, this return to work agreement was never brought up. Um, but then Jesse Sharkey with the CTU says there is always a return to work agreement in place. Just because we didn't bring this up before doesn't mean the mayor's office shouldn't know that this uh, is not, part of the deal. Not how it works. Yeah, I know. I know. Uh, listen, great job by you. I've been watching you cover this, and uh, and uh, very happy you're back in your hometown working at the number nine. Yeah, it's been great. Thanks for having me. At Kelly Davis on Twitter, follow her there, and uh, thanks for coming on. All right, thank you. Have a good day. That's Kelly Davis from Channel 9. Uh, Bridget Gaynor has joined us, and Eric Adelson's here, and Pat Brady will be on the phone later. Uh, the the teachers cannot be happy about this. I mean, I'm sure you know, the teachers on the committee and things. I mean, I'm sure there's a portion of the teachers who would like to fight for the pay. But this is not a winnable argument. Well, yeah, I think we said this on the air here. I, I'm I'm sympathetic to the teachers. There, there are three parties in this. There's the teachers. Uh-huh. There's the mayor. And there's the CTU. Uh-huh. Um, I, I respect the teachers' tremendous amount. Um, and I, I think they were sort of dragged to this. And I think CTU greatly miscalculated. If you think about it, what they're now fighting about is something that was completely avoidable on behalf of CTU. They could have had an agreement with a mayor that was dealing in good faith and wanted to get one without a strike, and now they wouldn't have to be trying to go get money to make up days that now nobody's talking about the fact that what about the kids, you know, and the kids who lost these school days and whatnot. So, well, and it's a big deal. I, I think people need to understand if, you know, you don't have kids in school anymore like me or you don't have kids in school, period. It's a big deal when school ends for people to have sure. plans on child care and different things. And it's not as simple as, well, they can go to school now. They can go back right. to school for the next 10 days. Parents have to make another adjustment after they've been adjusting for the last two weeks. Yeah, I think it's I think it's been a miscalculation on CTU's part big time. Uh, let me get Cheryl on here before we uh, update you on the traffic, which uh, Mary promises is getting messier. Uh, Cheryl in Buffalo Grove, hi. 
Hey, Steve. Um, I just wanted to clarify. The teachers adding, wanting to add those days back might be because of the state requirements. You have to do, I think it's either 181 or 182 school days, according to the state Board of Education. So that might be where those days are coming from. It's for the kids. They, they might need those attendance days to be a qualified school year. Yeah, we've got some stats in front of us. 106 days of pupil attendance and 180 days is an important date, too. And they seem to be one date short if they went back to work tomorrow, possibly two and they were talking about making it up on a sunday um but all of that is tentative but i appreciate that show thank you for the information uh and there's some other folks here who say just to be clear the teachers are not asking for money for nothing they're asking for money and they will go back to work for those 10 days you know, i get that but still you know what what would your uh, father have said Eric? you made your it, butt you made your bed it, go lie it didn't have to come to that yeah you know the teacher didn't have to put teachers in that position well i'm saying I'm not saying they wouldn't be entitled to those days of course and they've 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 sacrificed this money i'm just saying i think they could have gotten a very similar agreement if they'd bargained in good faith and not walked out bridget you see it any differently i, I think that that when you start a negotiation, you lay out certain things you're gonna that are on the table. This is what I want. This is what you want. How do we figure out some way to get in the middle? To Eric's point, was making up the days on there from the beginning? Because let's just face it, if you don't, if they don't go back for those days, they don't make up the days. It's worth. I mean, it's kind of worth about ten million dollars a day all in for CPS. So now you're talking a hundred million dollars. Was that part of the calculation on the city's part to say, okay, I can give you more of the stuff you want, but this is the trade off, and you know, I think that when you're in a negotiation, things like that, that you can absolutely foresee coming. It's kind of like the Donald Rumsfeld, like the known knowns, the known unknowns and the unknown unknowns. Mm-hmm. This was a known known. Making up days is clearly something you know is going to happen. And so the question is, where did it fall in the negotiating? And we're never going to know because we weren't sitting around the table. I also think and maybe I made this up, but I pretty much recall the mayor saying publicly before the strike. We're not making if up you the walk out. We're not making this up. Yeah, so she did. You know, she, she was pretty clear on her position. So yeah, I mean, look, my daughter's been out of school for you know the whole time now, and she she's only a sophomore. But they canceled. You know, she's supposed to go down state for volleyball. That got canceled. The football got canceled yesterday. Um, you know, I have a son who's a senior. He's not at CPS, but you know, the whole college thing. You know, his sure. ACT was canceled, so now the kids don't have that. It's early know, admission is t- t- tomorrow. Yeah, and I think the colleges are being accommodating. Are they? I, yeah, I, I've heard lots of feedback from that, and I know people are pitching in to do essays and and help these kids figure out November first because that is the fir- it's it's not only a, it's a federal student aid deadline, which is actually probably less uh, flexible, but no, people are pitching in and the schools are accommodating. It's just it feels like something. This is should have been on the table from the beginning. And to Eric's point. She was clear, and so you got to just got to figure out, you know, what do we do now? Yeah, and I, I got to tell you, I feel badly for the teachers who are going to get pounded because the union seems to have screwed this piece of it up. When you get a tentative agreement, that's a tentative agreement that needs to be voted on, mm-hmm. and you can't say, as the union seems to be saying, uh, well, everybody knows that you get to make up the days. That's not how it works. No, it's not how it works. And again, the mayor was was very clear about this. Like, it shouldn't have come to this. I think we said this, Steve, before they walked out. Um, you know, completely respect collective bargaining and the right to strike, but a strike is the worst possible outcome, and mm-hmm. I don't think it had to come to this. We'll get to Pat Brady joining us from uh, Southern California in uh, just a second. So I think that's where he is. Texter 708, this is why I stopped listening to you previously. So anti-union. If you were one teacher in a classroom with 37 CPS students, you'd be asking for double what teachers are currently being paid. 
wrong on all counts. I've never been anti-union. I'm a union member and have been for, I don't know, 35 years, I guess. I absolutely support the union. But when the union screws up, they need to be called out on it. There's no anti-union. There's no anti-teacher here. There's what's realistic and what's fair. And unfortunately, 708, this is typical of the current world we live in. It makes me really angry when you don't agree with my viewpoint, so therefore you're wrong. That's not what's happening here. And we need to stop that as a society. Pat Brady joins us now. Apparently Pat Brady's on strike. He actually left the state. Good morning, Pat. Morning, guys. How you doing? We're doing fine. Bridget's here. Eric's here. G's here. Dave's here. We're all here. Hey, Pat. Hello to everybody. Hey, Bridget. How's it going? Pat, where have you been? I'm living the dream, buddy. Living the dream. Where are you, Pat? You're in Southern California. Where? San Diego? Yeah, I got some work out here, so uh, I got two kids in school out here, so it was fun. I had dinner with Brother Kevin, and I got Grace with me, so it's all good. Very and nice. there's, a, there's a summer weather advisory out here. It's going to be 75 today. Yeah, uh, and here it's 15 to 20 degrees below normal, and uh, you suck. Uh, so here's the thing. Uh, the poor people of Los Angeles, in particular Northern California, are just in the middle of, of you know, uh, uh, well, hell. Uh, is everything's on fire? What was San Diego folks concerned about this? Are they talking about it, or are they just going about their San Diego day? Uh, they're going about their San Diego day. It's a little bit north of here, but it's, it's actually getting close to the Reagan Library up there in Simi Valley. But the mm-hmm. big political issue is this Pacific Gas and Electric. I guess started a couple of these fires, and then prior to that, they'd shut the power down. So that's kind of the political side of it. But these happen often out here. I used to live out here in the '90s. You get real warm, dry air blowing out of the desert, and then and if it's the, if the ground is dry, everything lights up. So yeah, it's a big issue out here, but kind of in in the, in different regions. Is Pacific Gas because you know everybody listening knows somebody in California is PG and E um, well run or poorly run? Because the idea in twenty nineteen, almost twenty twenty, you go well, we got to shut it down. We're just going to have to turn well, the power off until the danger's passed. Yeah, well, they're in bankruptcy, so that probably answers the questions on how well run they are. But this is a, as you guys know, a huge diverse state. So it's it's probably tough ground to cover, but I'm not sure if they're the most well-run organization. Bridge? Well, look, this is the trouble with utilities, is they can only raise their rates with the approval of the legislature. Mm-hmm. And then if the legislature raises the rates, then people who vote for them aren't happy, and it looks like they're, I mean, look, we're in the middle of that to some degree in Illinois right now. Mm-hmm. These utilities are almost like public entities. They're incredibly politically connected. They work... Their customer base, technically, it's the people living and using electricity. It's really the the state legislature because that's who tells them that they can raise their prices. Right. So if you've put a lid on what you've been able to charge in order to upgrade equipment, you know, I mean, the safety is regulated by the state. The rates are regulated by the state. They're inspected by the state. So now you end up with an aging infrastructure that on wooden poles in places that haven't been checked in a long time. You know, look. There, there's a lot of people at fault here, and there's no, I don't think there's any angels in this story. The problem is, it's like everything else. We want to defer paying. It's like the pensions. You, you don't want to pay now because you'll worry about it later, and then until later comes to your door. Then you end up at it like almost like you end up on fire. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> literally, figuratively and literally. Uh, you know about the strike update, I assume, Pat. Any thoughts on that? Yeah, I think, that, and I was listening to you guys before. I agree with everything you were saying, and I think in. in Certain there's always certain moments in an executive's political career where they kind of step into the office, and I think the picture today with the mayor 
teaching kids or showing a picture book and the, the position she's taken here on the seventh, they don't come to work, they get paid. I think she really stepped into the role and really has become mayor officially because she really, I think, showed some good leadership here. So uh, I mentioned this. I'd be curious what all three of you think about this before we run out of time here at the bottom of the hour. Where do you go with this? You know, a negotiation, when you take a stand to say, we're not coming back until you make up the days, and the mayor said, you're not getting the days, what happens now? Uh, they've, they've boxed themselves into a corner, and it's it's not a pretty picture. I, I think, I again, I'll say it again and again, they, they underestimate her at their own peril. And I think they've miscalculated from the beginning. I think they're miscalculating on this. And I, I don't I, look. There's always sympathy for teachers. I'm. I will be the first to be sympathetic to teachers. What I think people are not sympathetic to is the CTU and the way they've handled this. I don't see a good exit strategy for them, and she won't back down. Agreed. Yeah, I think that she said it from the beginning. I'm not going to push back the days. She said it throughout the whole strike. So now she's, you know, it's like a game of chicken, which is, does she go back and show that she can be pushed back? It's a beginning of her tenure. That's a, that's a pretty costly thing for her to do. Um, and so at some point, we're going to decide who can withstand the pain more. But that means that days go on and kids are still out. Well, it also means that, you know, after tomorrow, they don't have health insurance. So health insurance ends at midnight tonight. Right, and then they got to the pay teachers. Cobra for a month and they hope they get paid Cobra. back. That's and, a huge pressure point. And, yeah. and, and it's also, it's like, look, nobody wants to make that choice. That's a crap choice for the city to make. And it's it, it, there's, there's no world in which the city wants to say to all these teachers who are like walking into schools every day to teach kids, I'm going to take away your health care. I mean, that, right. that, that's like, no one, no, nobody wants to do that. So at some point, you just got to at some say, okay, we took, we got what we got, and now we're going to move on. You know, Pat, you've been in a million negotiations, and uh, the only way these type of things get settled when something gets added on or is late, or uh, I never agreed to that in the first place, those type of conversations, is you have to give something back you already agreed on. Okay, you want those 10 yeah, days? I, agree. I mean, is, I agree with that. is that what's going to happen? I agree with Eric. This, they're in a bad spot. They're in a real, the union, the teachers union, in a really bad spot here. Yeah, I just don't know how you solve it now. I mean, I mean it's sort of like a family dynamic when the 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 teenager says, "I'm leaving," and the parent says, "Well, then you're not getting dinner." And the te- and the and the teenager's like, "Fine, I don't care. I don't want dinner." And then they come back hours later and be like, "Hey, can I get dinner?" You're like, "I told you, if you leave, you're not getting it." So, but Eric, now it's just they just Uber eats it. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Boy, I'm confused. Does this mean the teachers don't get dinner? Uh, What's happening here? I don't know. <laughs> uh, all right, Pat. Listen, we'll see you when you get back. Have fun with your daughters and uh, get some work done. Thanks, guys. See ya. There you Bye, go. Pat. Pat Brady live from SoCal. <laughs> see how cool I am. All right, Eric Handelstein. Pat Brady uh, was here. Uh, we got rid of him as fast as we could. And uh, Bridget Gaynor's here. Uh, and uh, we we're talking about the teacher strike and the fact that it's still on, even though we have a tentative agreement. That's not usually how these things end. Usually get tentative agreement, vote, everybody goes back to work and tries to fix whatever damage was caused. But now um, the teachers union, the CTU, uh, is saying we want the days back. The teachers want to teach the kids, and we want the, oh, I guess it would be 11 days pay. Right. Uh, and the city saying, no way. Here's a couple of textures. You guys also seem to be making health insurance a big issue. I think a lot of people will be okay, uh, and they will be reimbursed. Uh, you, you know, there's people that budget. 30 days to 30 days, it's a big deal to suddenly double your insurance payment or more if you have to pay COBRA. I mean, look, most of those teachers are living paycheck to paycheck, like like most Americans, and I think that's a hardship that a lot of them cannot bear and will not want to. So, you know, hopefully it comes to a head and hopefully it gets done and these kids get back in the 
classrooms and the teachers start teaching again. This is an argument that comes up a lot from another texter. This is 630, if you guys could address this. The city of Chicago has always diverted money other places instead of what's important, like education. How much did the city spend this week with the added police officers on the street when Trump visited our city? Without explaining the entire budgetary process for a city the size of Chicago, Bridget? <laughs> well, first of all, when a head of state visits, whether you like him or not, you have to make sure that there's no incidents in your city, and that's what happens. I, I think that's a pretty you know, minor rounding error. Um, look, CPS is a third of the size of the entire city budget. They invest in education because everybody knows it's important. Um, I don't think it's about diverting funds. I think it's about, like the teacher said, I mean, look, I have a ton of sympathy for the argument about the social worker and the, the nurses and the librarians because you have to have a holistic education environment, and that's what we're ending up going to get at the end of the strike, which I think is a good outcome. And people should feel all the negativity at the end notwithstanding. A, people have the right to organize themselves, and we're in a world in which working-class people have less and less power. They have the right to show that they are going to coalesce their power in order to achieve the goals that they think are important and control their working life. They did that. We got limits on class size. We got in, in new, you know, more resources, especially in schools that need it. That's an awesome outcome. That's great. You got one little hurdle. We should get over it and move on. Uh, the caller on the phone is Craig, and a bunch of texters brought this up, too. Craig, your point was? Yeah, good morning, guys. I, does anybody there seem to think that maybe this has something to do with the election? Because the union-backed Preckwinkle, is the mayor trying to make a point? Is the union trying to say, you know, you won, but we still, we're still in control? Uh, I mean, does, does anybody think that maybe this has something to do with it? Appreciate the phone call. A bunch of Dexters brought this up. I don't think it has anything to do with the fact that Lori's trying to punish CTU because they endorsed Tony, and I don't well, think... she won. Well, she won, and I don't... No, I, look, she's moved on to, to fight a thousand other things. Um, you know, absolutely not. I don't know what you think, Eric, but... Yeah, no, I mean, she doesn't operate like that. Um, w- whether CTU, you know, holds some grudge or something, I, who knows, but I, I don't think that's... It's, it's. I know on the mayor's part, that's, that's not a factor in this. Um, you hopefully learn from the mistakes in quotes that you make what can you fix going forward because there will be other strikes in the future i mean can you get can you trigger binding arbitration or after a number of days look i always think that the instead of trying to find all those things on the outside it's building a relationship of trust among the people that are making that control big parts of the economy and big parts of, of your service area as a mayor look the police don't have a contract and the firemen don't have a contract and those are coming down the pike next and building a relationship of trust between union leadership and showing your authenticity to rank and file that says i'm here with you that's the way to solve these problems it's not to bring in other legalistic barriers well but the police and firemen are firemen argument that uh, we saw this a million times this week as well from from folks listening and that is that uh the police and the firemen are necessary you can't let them walk off the job well the teachers are necessary too so maybe it's time to uh, say oh you can strike but you got to work yeah the firemen went on strike years ago and policemen you know i mean like the, all those things have happened. I mean, the other dynamic here that we're not talking about is it's it's possible, maybe maybe likely, the next time there's a contract with the teachers, you're going to have an elected school board in the city of Chicago. I mean, all the political leadership is now on board for an elected Chicago school board. And, but does that add politics? Or well, I don't fix know. It? I mean, it's a it's a great variable uh, that we don't know how. I mean, you said what happens in the future. That's a huge change in the way these things go on, and I think it you, you don't know um, the impact of politics on this, good or bad. 
Three one two nine eight one seventy two hundred texters. You're always welcome here. Uh, it's been quite a week uh, in Washington today. There'll be a what amounts to a ceremonial vote of sorts. Uh, that uh, and then all of the house will run for their airplanes, and uh, they'll take a break at noon. Uh, where's this impeachment thing go from here? Well, here's here's the thing. I, I think you know the the way the media covers the world and politics today. It's like what you know breaking news today today, and really what I think is going on in the in the in the impeachment thing is is this slow buildup that is a devastating case against Trump, and I think the next two. Um, sort of bricks to, to put on the pile are Bolton, which Chuck Todd talked about, um, who I, I think the, the great irony of ironies is, you know, this kind of right wing nutbag who is, who, who, you know, he would prefer nut job, uh, nut job is going to come in here and I think make a devastating case against Trump. The other one that people aren't talking as much about is this guy, Tim Morrison, mm-hmm. who was on the Security Council, was the Russia expert. Who, in the House. Uh, in the White House. Uh, in the White House, who was present at these meetings with Sunland and the National Security Advisor from Ukraine and clearly said, this is totally inappropriate. We'll back up what the colonel said, uh, who who, spoke, who testified this week. It's a it, Look, it's a devastating picture for Trump. I think the vote today will, as Chuck said, take away another talking point that the Republicans are trying to say this isn't a fair process or it's not open or any of this kind of BS. Um, you know, there's a lot of hand-wringing on is this going to politically benefit Trump. I don't see how, regardless of what happens ultimately in the House, in the Senate. This is a devastating picture of a criminal presidency and um, a guy who's unfit for the office. Well, here's the thing. Uh, the 30% that Nixon had, 27 28% that Nixon had when he resigned, they weren't going anywhere. No. The 30 to 35% that Trump has aren't going anywhere. And by the way, they're going to show up and vote next year. So because they're not going anywhere, this constant harangue about we're doing this for the base, we're doing this to fire up the base, I don't know that that's effective well, if the 65% who claim not to like Trump show up. Can I make another point? I don't mean to dominate because uh, I want to hear Commissioner Gaynor's point of view about this, but here's what doesn't get reported in this, oh, the base is holding, the base is holding. The base is shrinking. When you conduct these surveys, you say people are self-identifying. Are you a Republican? Are you an Independent? Are you a Democrat? So now they come back and they say, well, 80% or 90% of Republicans say they stick with the president and they're against impeachment. But as a percentage of people identifying as Republican, that number is shrinking. People Mm -hmm. are embarrassed to say they're Republicans and now they're self-identifying as Independents, which you get in the middle of these crises. So this reporting that his base is unshakable. I, I think there's there's more data here that suggests um, his base is shrinking. Well, but what I'm saying is majority, majority yes, does win. It is, but I'm just saying that this idea that it's unshakable, it's shrinking. But there's nothing that any... If you truly don't believe Trump ought to be president, then you got to show up to vote. You can't be 100 million uh, strong not voting uh, next year. Anything else, Bridget? Look, to, to me, the whole thing is just one long tragedy because it makes more and more people just tune out. It's, it reminds me of the Bill Clinton conversation. The Republicans went after him, after him, after him. He, he cheats on his wife. He screws around. He s- sleeps with these young girls. And then at some point, people were like, all right, he, you know, he cheats on his wife and he, he fools around with these young girls. And then they stopped paying attention to the fact that that was right or wrong. Now, obviously, we're talking about national security versus like what somebody does in their free time. And granted, it was with an employee and that's a not okay. But the the bigger issue is are we just creating like hardline 
views in this country that you can't trust certain people. The difference when Clinton was impeached and certainly when Nixon was impeached, there is no independent arbiter of facts. Like, mm-hmm. I can't even watch cable news anymore. And and even on the left, when I kind of agree with them, I'm like, what is with the constant eye rolling? And then you, like, I turned on Ann Coulter last night, or Laura Ingram, Laura Ingram, and... What's the difference? They're, they're, she's saying things, and I'm like, this is crazy talk. Like, mm-hmm. But it's also the same on both sides. And I want to say, where in the name of God is somebody in the middle who's just going to say, like, this is what happened today. I'm not going to roll my eyes. I'm not going to cast. Well, that was Shepard Smith on Fox, and they fired him. I mean, ish. You know, I, <laughs> uh, I end up watching Channel 11 because it, you know Judy Rudruff is the only person left. There's no Walter Cronkite, and, and you get a tote bag, and I get a tote bag. But I, to me, there are dual tragedies. One, we're plummeting our place in the world, and that scares me. You know, as someone who's got like a kid who's going to register for the draft, like that, I I think about these things very differently. But then you also. We're going to create a world in which people are like, yeah, all that's BS. I live in some sort of fantasy Hallmark card. I still would like people to do the right thing, even if it might be temporarily not what you would like or what you want to do. Because all people seem to do now, the majority of people is, well, if you're not agreeing with me, if you don't think I'm right, then I'm not talking to you. Right. There are rumors. Again, I don't. I don't know, I'm not in those rooms, that Republicans in the Senate are talking privately about an exit strategy from Trump. Mm-hmm. And what what can they do as an alternative Look, here? Look, Shimkus is now thinking about running again. He came out against Trump, and, and that's usually like, I'm going to say I'm resigning, and then I'm going to talk bad about you because I have no consequences. Well, if someone can speak out against him and run and win, well, they yeah. have their answer. Come back. I want to ask you about the Democrats and if there's anyone with a such pulse, a better story. Yeah, if there's anyone with a pulse that excites America on any level. Uh, you know, running for president next year. Seven fifty two. We're talking uh, again. Eric Adelson's here. Eric, where, I forgot where do you work. I work at AL Media. How's things over there? Uh, it's good. We're drinking coffee, talking on the phone a lot. Um, things are good. And then this afternoon, does it change? Do you talk on the phone? Uh, we drink talk on the coffee? phone and then drink coffee. Yeah, you mix it up. Yeah, we do. Because it's all about variety in the That's course right. of the day. Yep. Bridget Gaynor, how are things at the Cook County Board? They're great. They're good. We, uh, we're going through the budget right now. Um, so we were having hearings for the budget. The hospital came the other day. You know, that's for us the big one because they are, with all the difficulties with health care reform, all the back and the forth, and how hard it is to enroll and how easy it is to get kicked off, people don't stop going to the hospital. We just They just stop having insurance. And so that's the hard part. Um, but as I said before, the land bank next week is going to close on its 500th rehab so i'm great. so totally excited about that um yeah so things are good all right know? so so uh G. and i were talking yesterday mm-hmm. and uh i agree with what you just said a moment ago about the media um and, and uh, for some reason uh, every producer at cnn uh, msnbc and fox now thinks well if we just get some people to scream at each other and then we rinse and repeat for the next show and the show after that people will watch um, it's beyond fatiguing, and it's beyond aggravating, and it causes more uh, of a rift. If you open a newspaper, if you still read one... The, I read three every day. The editorials yeah. are listed as opinion. Mm-hmm. The first news network to label their opinion shows opinion, I believe, will benefit greatly from it, and why hasn't somebody done it? I, you know, look, I tell people all the time that the reason you read a newspaper and I'm a big believer in reading an actual newspaper, is that you, A, you see the stories you wouldn't have normally read. They wouldn't have been in your, quote, feed mm-hmm. that some, like, random person's choosing for you. Um, 
But also, they have to actually report the facts, and then somebody edits those facts. You know, on, on November 9th, uh, every year I have this thing called the Young Feminist Conference where we bring all these high school girls together. They plan a whole conference, and we're doing a whole panel on where do you get your news. Because the answer to where you get your news is like YouTube and Snapchat and all these other places where it's just like free form. I can say whatever I want. And we're having, hopefully, a Trib reporter um, come and talk about how it is so different when you have to, you have rules. You have to have facts. You can't have your opinion, and then somebody else who's not you reads that over. Well, that's why it's such a cop out for Zuckerberg to say it's not our place to uh, to edit or censor political advertising. It is your place, based on the size of your company and the thump your company has, to take fake advertising down. It's not, it's not even an arguable point. I don't and yet even he can get why he's making it. that case. I don't it's get like it bananas. It is, and right. he ought to just do what Twitter did, probably, and get out of the political advertising business. Now, that doesn't change necessarily some of the newsfeed stuff, but that would be a development and a big deal for Twitter to do that, too. Bridget, anything else on that opinion idea that was really your idea, not mine? <laughs> I mean, I should say, G, your idea? <laughs> Thank you, yes. Uh, was there something else I forgot, though, about that point? Well, I just think that uh, we we, and I agree with piggybacking on what Bridget said earlier about sort of, uh, I think, most of a American citizens feeling exhausted and tired and feeling as though they can't really be energized about anything and nothing's really going to affect or change their lives um, and not knowing who's actually reporting journalism that's completely balanced um, and I've been actually watching a lot of WTTW too as yeah. well for PBS uh, nightly news hey by the way Judy Rudruff is in her 70s and she looks fantastic so I keep looking at her and I'm like I wonder what she did about that she looks awesome <laughs> but I think you know it's funny, I'm the same way with Wolf <laughs> but media is to blame too because we didn't label that clearly we didn't make that distinction for viewers and that's a big issue and we've got to correct that somehow we've got to take it upon ourselves to do it I don't know if there's enough honor left in an abil- or an ability to make money and put things on the air or on the internet to pull that off. I mean, I hope there is. Well, it's also people getting together and have real conversations. I mean, this is what I like about Lincoln Forum. Like, they actually create this place where people can come together and have normal conversations with smart people that they know. And then you can say, okay, yeah, I don't totally agree with it, but, like, I don't think that guy's an idiot. So maybe there's, he's got a point there. Lincoln Forum, nice segue, uh, brings in people all the time and has people locally have conversations that you're not going to get anywhere else. And you can come to these events, um, and uh, there's a full slate for 2020. But what did you want to plug? Well, we're uh, having one November 18th, um, shockingly, on corruption, which... Uh, Where would you find material for that? What are you going to talk about there? You're not going to believe this. It's it's at a bar called City Hall. What? Yeah. Um, and it's a great panel, actually. you got John Cass in the Trib, Marianne Ahern, NBC, Dave McKinney, BEZ. Oh, boy. you got Rob Grant, former FBI, head of Chicago office of the FBI, and... Um, you got Ben Bradley, who's gonna moderate. who's gonna moderate the thing. So we couldn't get Cochran, so Bradley's gonna do I'm it. Getting my hair done that night. You're getting your hair done. So it's gonna be a great panel. Lincoln Forum. They're gonna talk 18th. about things that happen in other places because they can't figure out anything that. Happened yeah, there's in nothing Chicago. to talk about in Illinois, Chicago. Are they all gonna be wearing wires, or is just you have to be wearing a wire if you come? Like in order to get into the Lincoln idea. Forum, they're That's like, you, okay, there's one place price if you're wearing a wire. Another price if you're just a regular person. Yeah, and let's be fair, uh, the sign at City Hall and in Springfield does say corruption-free since noon. 
so you know. so come on out, folks. Tickets are tickets are reasonable. Go online, get them. Lincoln Forum. We're trying to do what Bridget and Steve talked about and be more bipartisan and have reasonable conversations. Bye, Bridget. Bye, Eric. Thank Bye. you. Bye. Bye, guys. Uh, back with your news in the Northwestern Medicine Newsroom next. Werewolf mitzvah, spooky, scary. Boys becoming men, men becoming wolf. Werewolf mitzvah, spooky, scary. Boys becoming men, men becoming wolves. All right, that was that was great, Trey. Okay, it's over. A That's werewolf bar mitzvah. Happy Halloween, Dean Richards. Oh, I misunderstood my notes. Yeah, you're, it's sec- yeah after okay. this break. So Dean will be coming up after 8.15. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I just meant to wish him a happy Halloween. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You're going to do that again, though. <laughs> yeah. Like I didn't do it the first time. Uh, at 8.10, uh, speaking of goofy music, the other day we played the alleged new ABC song. You know, yes. Not ABC. Not the good one. Got a lot of negative feedback. Yeah. People think it's stupid. And by the way, so do I. Mm-hmm. This is the new alleged arrangement of the classic ABC song. Listen. Hey, nope, wrong one. Give me the. Uh, give me the. A B C D E F G H I J K L M N. No. O B Q R S T U V. W X Y Z. You don't need to change it. It ain't broke. No. L M N O P. This. It's a very sedate lullaby. You version. can sing it the right way and be sedate. <laughs> and why do V W X Y and Z get their own page? Right. Stop I, it already. I did say, however. That if you are learning English and it is the second language you're learning, maybe mm-hmm. it's helpful. Maybe. Well, I mean, you know. Because uh, sometimes LMNOP sounds like one letter. I get that. And I know how hard you worked at it. And I appreciate that. But that's not the majority of us. <laughs> yes, I know. And it was so much fun to say LMNOP. Right. LMNOP. I was, you know, I just trying to provide the other. LMNOP. Viewpoint. Come on, say it with me. LMNOP. LMNOP. <laughs> You'll get there. All right, so I was talking to Super Joe about this. Super Joe's got, is it a nephew and a niece or two nephews? I have two nephews, four and three years old. And, I, and I've got Abigail, uh, Grace, because, you know, Isaac's two and a half months old, and he could sing the ABCs. He just chooses not to. Of course he to. could. So who do you want to play first? Uh, I have it queued up with uh, in alphabetical order. All right, so Abigail first. Here's Abigail Grace. Now, again, Abigail Grace is doing some shtick with me while we do this. Some shtickala. And notice when she does this, when she gets to P, she goes, oh, it's your favorite. Because Aww. P starts pops. Oh, that is adorable. Right? Heart melting. Yeah. And, and G was for grandma, so she always points out that's your favorite. Anyway, here's Abigail Grace Cochran doing the song the way it should be done. Oh, 
There you go. And give yourself a round of applause. There you go. Yeah. I am yeah. tearing up oh, because that was so adorable. <laughs> My yeah. eyes are misting up. And she's, she's so, cute. so on key, too. Yeah. yeah, she did sing well, didn't she? You're making wow. faces at her while she's Yeah, completely. Right. And I was threatening totally. to tickle her. Yeah. So that's where the giggling was coming yeah, in. I could tell. Now, uh, identify the nephews, Super uh, Joe. So this first one is uh, Fitzmorris, and the next one will be Logan. Fitzmorris. Do you call him Fitz? I sure do. Here's Fitz. A, B, C, D, E, F, I see that's Jojo. He's only Jojo. He's only Jojo, not yeah. Super Joe. Okay, now start again. <laughs> a, B, C, D, E, F, D, H, I, J, K, M, O, N, O, P. Yeah. Q, R, S. Right. D, V, W, X, Y, and Z. Now I know my ABCs. Next time, won't you sing with me? I like the show yeah. business. Pause there. Pause was Okay, awesome. say, happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. All right, how, how old is Fitz? Fitz is three. Three. Adorable. Yeah. So he calls you Uncle Super Joe? Yeah, no, Uncle. He just calls me JoJo. That is so cute. <laughs> All right, and to bring us home, who's next? Uh, this one's Logan. And now it's Logan. He's four years old. Here's four-year-old Logan. A, B, C, D, E, F, D, H, I, J, K, O, M, N, O, B, Q, R, S, T, U, V, W, X, Y, and Z. Now I know my ABCs. Next time, won't you sing with me? Logan nailed it. Good tempo. Good pacing. And I'm guessing that's one take, Logan, because he had better things to do. Oh, yeah. He was swirling around a flashlight or something. He's he ready had to get the heck much, out of there. Much better things to do <laughs> than to help out Uncle Joey. Is there any question how the ABC song should be sung now? I need these three kids to sing a different song mm-hmm. every day. Mm-hmm. Segment mm-hmm. on your show. Mm-hmm. I, my heart feels so full. Mm-hmm. I feel so happy. I feel like the world is a better place. Well, imagine trying to explain to those three beautiful kids... That you have to go L M and and then go out for a sandwich and then come back and finish the song. <laughs> it's ridiculous. You'll be calling his name. It is I twenty and let's go live to Dean Richards at Channel Live. Good morning, Dean. It's a spooktacular morning, Steve. Here's See something. What I did? See here's, what I did there? Because it's Halloween. Here's something I don't ask you that often, as far as the public knows. What are you wearing? Uh, I'm just in regular clothes. Though. What? I didn't. I was too lazy to put anything together. You know what's kind of fun is, and Channel Nine crushes the competition uh, in ratings, and they appreciate you watching. Uh, but what's fun is to watch uh, GMA for about five minutes on uh, this morning because nobody hates Halloween more than George Stephanopoulos on Halloween. <laughs> when everybody else around him is dressing up and they couldn't be giddier and they make him put on some costume. It's good did, fun. Did he have a costume on? I'm pretty sure he does. Let me oh, flip wow. over there now while we're talking and see. Wow. I mean, normally they make him dress up. Hmm. Yeah, you're paying a guy 15 million bucks. You tell him to become a leprechaun, he becomes a leprechaun. Is he interviewing Nancy Pelosi dressed as a leprechaun? <laughs> Wouldn't that be a good idea? I mean, who are we to judge? I would love that. I mean, we always do stupid stuff, so it's uh, no big deal on our show. We had, uh, do you know David the Rock Nelson? Do you know who that is? I do not. He's a B... Great, a local B grade film director, and for years on Halloween, we have him on, and he premieres his uh, annual Halloween movie. Which, if you and I went out with our cameras, 
you know, our phones and just shot stuff and then sloppily put it together, it would be far more produced <laughs> than David the Rock Nelson's B movie. So Plan 9 from Outer Space would be a, a, a serious upgrade. It's Casablanca compared to <laughs> what David the Rock puts together every year. And we just showed that. And for some reason, during the segment, he took his shirt off uh, this year. So it was... Uh, Why is he called The Rock? He's uh, a very fit man. Okay. Uh, he works out. And this year, usually he shows us his uh, muscles. You know, his, his most of the muscle between his ears. He's. Just, <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't <clears throat> say that. But he usually just shows us his guns. But this year he went the extra steps of uh, taking his full shirt off, which uh, terrified <laughs> us a little bit. Well, you guys Take are that David Stephanopoulos or George Stephanopoulos. I was going to say you guys are an award-winning news operation. So yeah. everything you're telling me does not surprise me you in the least. You don't get ratings like that with. <laughs> Nancy Pelosi. <laughs> Is there anything going on in show business this morning? Um, Meg Ryan and uh, John Mellencamp have announced that they're, they're splitting up. You know, What's the of, deal with Meg Ryan can't keep a boyfriend? One of my favorites. She's actually <laughs> been with uh, Dennis uh, or John Mellencamp for quite some time. Mm. But it's been on and off. They've they've been together and then broken up and been together and broken up. I think this is the third time. Is it fact that he can smoke the entire state of North Carolina bother her at all? Uh, that might be part of it. Uh, just my own personal experience with Meg Ryan says it can't be easy uh, being the, yeah. other, the other half of her. You know everybody. And I'll, I'll just speak for you on this as my client. Dean knows everybody. He's met everybody. He knows everybody. And you are easy, the easiest guy in the world to talk to. And these stars, these stars almost uh, 100% of them love you. But on your list of five worst, most painful interviews, she's in your top five, right? Top three. Top three? <laughs> yeah, top three. All right. Yeah. Uh, and just not a nice lady. She, uh, I've interviewed her several times. None of the times were pleasant. One of them was super confrontational. <laughs> right. So, hey, you know, we all have bad days. Have you ever had this experience with a star? Because I have a couple of times where you get into a commercial break and you look at it and you go, you understand how this works, right? You're here to plug something. I'm here to talk to you about whatever it is you do. We don't have to talk after this. We're not going to be friends. So how about you play along? Have you ever had that kind of conversation? Mm, yeah. Yeah, that, that kind of, uh, not actual conversation, but in my mind. And, and this conversation that uh, sometimes goes through my mind after about 30 seconds of, uh, you know, it falling apart. Just in my mind, I'm like doing my chopping list in my mind. I'm, <laughs> so I see, let's see, I'm going to go, I got to do my laundry today. I got to do this. <laughs> like I've checked out of the interview. Is there uh, anything more tedious than hearing a star talk about how much they don't like promoting their work. Oh, yeah. I hear that a lot, too. I hear that a lot, too. Please. Yeah. Um, all right. What else is going oh, on in show business? Poor you only making $18 million. Right, right. And now you have to go out and be adored by your fans. Ooh, you have to talk to people for a few minutes and pretend to be polite. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will give this to Meg Ryan. At least she did. At least she was honest. She 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 didn't you know pretend it anyway. What what she thought is what she said. So. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. And yeah. it's her, and it's her right. But anyway, so uh, these poor kids are uh, calling it quits. Uh, we're very sad about that. Um, there is a hilarious uh, spoof that Kevin Hart did with uh, Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Do you remember this picture that came out about a year ago? It was uh, the Rock in the '90s uh, with a fanny pack. He's wearing yeah, a yeah, fanny yeah, pack. Yeah, it's this yeah, goofy-looking yeah, picture that he himself put out there. Right. Uh, and uh, so uh, they they did a like a little spoof for their new uh, Jumanji movie that's coming out in about a month. 
in which Kevin Hart is dressed as the rock with the fanny pack for Halloween. Oh, that's great. It's hilarious. Go check it out on uh, YouTube. And there's a new trailer for the uh, Jumanji sequel that's coming up. Really, that's about it today. You know, otherwise it's... And it's just like Halloween celebrities in Halloween costumes. Right. Now, do you guys have trick-or-treaters uh, at the Channel 9 Studios? Uh, we've had uh, groups of students in uh, today from some schools. We usually do that uh, here where we invite them to you know, like be part of our studio audience and you know, like that. But not actually like neighborhood kids uh, coming in. Well, the reason I bring it up is because we have a nutritionist coming up on Halloween to make us all feel guilty for oh. eating candy. And I tell you, there is no less healthy place on the planet than a television station or a radio station. Because, yeah. well, in general... I mean, you know, I, I, I have chocolate like a crack addict has crack. And, you know, if there's chocolate around, I eat it. you got to keep it away from me. Yeah. And it's always available here. Yeah, that's, that's true. It's always on somebody's desk. It's always in a little bowl somewhere. So what's your Halloween? What's the Halloween candy that you steal from the kids? Because um, well, you want it. I love me a Kit Kat. Yeah, I, I, I love the uh, Reese's peanut butter uh, uh, anything. That's good. The new Take 5 is what everybody's talking about. I don't know what that is. Take 5 is uh, from your friends at Reese's. It's chocolate. Yeah. It's peanut butter. It's a pretzel. Mm. Um, what am I missing? There's five ingredients. Chocolate, peanut butter, pretzel. Is there caramel in there, too? I guess you wouldn't put peanut butter and caramel together. I don't know. But no, you know it's what it is? in there, I think. It's it kind of chewy. Pick yeah. a lily. Yeah, and some nuts. I'm telling you. You know what it is, Dean? It's heaven. Hmm. <laughs> It's chocolate-covered heaven, Dean. Sounds like a lot of stuff going on. <clears throat> You're not a fan of that mixture? Uh, it doesn't. I, I, w- I would go for. I would go for a Kit Kat before I would go for any of the rest of that. How about a Hershey's with almonds? I do love a Hershey's with almonds. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I do love that. I love a Heath bar. Heath bar's good. Dave's a wild man on Halloween. Um, he likes a Cliff bar that ch- tastes like a shoe. Yeah, uh, mm. I mean that's the best. But the Heath bar, I. There was a time when I was a kid, I remember eating Heath. I mean, you have to carry around a thing of dental floss with you. Right. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, oh, yeah. it's just, it's, yeah. That, that's presuming that your teeth stay in while you chew it. <laughs> that's the other Because issue. of the very extremely hard. Uh, yeah. Like, well, it's funny you said because when I was a kid, the dentist would give you a sugar daddy right. uh, when you yeah, left. You're right. Yeah. 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 Wanted to make sure you were coming back. Any kids uh, are listening who live in my neighborhood, uh, I'm giving out the usual this year, uh, beef pot pies. The kids <laughs> really seem, the people, kids seem to love them. So. I remember that famous year where you gave out haggis. <laughs> You're right. Trying to be a little more international, but I've gone back to the basics. Sure. Sure. It's haggis at Dean's house for Halloween. A big Mom, haggis Halloween. Mom, don't make me go to his house. <laughs> Do you guys get a lot of uh, trick-or-treaters? Uh, yeah, not a super lot, no. How is it I never know how much candy to buy? Because we get hammered. Really? Yeah, and I don't mean drunk. We get a ton of people. Because you're buy. on a golf course, right? Nice neighborhood. It's a nice neighborhood, mm-hmm. but I mean, people come by and uh, a million kids come by. Oh, yeah. But I don't know what to do on a night like tonight. Like, I, I purchased $10,000 in candy yesterday, <laughs> and I don't know if that's enough or too much. I, all I can say is bon appetit, my friend. <laughs> Uh, thank you, my friend, and uh, we will talk to you later. See ya. That's Dean Richards and his good friend Meg Ryan. Uh, we're coming up on headlines, and after that, I'm not kidding, we're going to have a nutritionist on to talk about how you can enjoy Halloween and not be a pig. <laughs> well, that's probably a little more blunt than she might put it. All right, so it's uh, Halloween, Dave, and naturally, we thought the best thing we could do on Halloween is to bring in a top-flight nutritionist. Of course. <laughs> now, if you look across here and uh, you see Dave Ennett, or you're watching on the stream or CLTV after 9 o'clock, you see what a handsome devil Dave is. Dave treats his body like a temple. 
And by the way, is the temple open for services this weekend? <laughs> yes, it is. Yes. <laughs> uh, I don't and, know how to answer that. And Roberta Gennaro is here. Uh, listen to what Dave has in a normal day. What do you eat okay. in a normal day? Um I'll start off with some sprouts. Mm-hmm. No, I. I <laughs> what do you have for breakfast? Well, I usually. I know have, you're not a big breakfast. Oat, I have some. When we get done with the show, yeah. I have some oatmeal, or I'll bring in a yogurt, uh, Greek yogurt. I'll have a, a protein bar before I work out, and then for and lunch, I bring a banana every day. I bring a sure, banana. good, good, fabulous, good. potassium, fabulous. yes. And yes. lunch, a lunch I will have. Last three days I've had salads, mm-hmm. but some, sometimes I'll have a little uh, turkey sandwich. Mm-hmm. And, and by the way, he uh, means a whole wheat turkey sandwich <laughs> yeah, on whole wheat bread, and and then uh, dinner. Let's see. Last night, chicken, chicken grilled. But what chicken. kind of chicken? This is not KFC's grilled, drive-through. What grilled, kind of chicken? Grilled chicken. I mean, I threw it on the grill, uh-huh. and then some acorn squash uh-huh. and a salad. This is like dirty talk to you, no isn't it? Really? I mean, this kind of thing because this is the best like thing music to my right? ears. Right? Seriously. Yeah. And now, however, Steve, what I heard you saying prior to what I, when I what? came on. Uh, yes. I mean, come on. Dietitians are not about taking all the treats away. We actually teach you how to live it instead of diet. So we eat chocolate, we eat candy, but we eat it in in a moderate amount, right? And we eat it as an adjunct to a healthy well, way look, of eating, and a, a healthy food plan. You yeah. look fabulous, Dave Thank looks fabulous. You. I mean, there's a reason that don't it works. you see the glow? Yeah. Yeah, right? absolutely. absolutely. You get up in the morning, you feel good, you feel good all day. I'm blinded by the glow. Right? They're both glowing so hard right Roberta now. Roberta and I have to sit on opposite sides of the console. Otherwise, there'd be too much glow. I know. I need my sunglasses. You would, you would. You would. So, Roberta Gennaro, where do you do your work? I do my work at uh, down here in Chicago, 980 mm-hmm. North Michigan Avenue. Okay. And I see clients one-on-one there, but I also go to uh, people's homes. Um, I, I particularly love like to do that because I like to go through the refrigerator and the cabinets and really? yeah and and just kind of wow. see what what they're purchasing you know because I have you know an hour session with them usually for the initial and I'll do like a preliminary local yeah, like a garage or a, a garage a garbage <laughs> bag where you're going through the refrigerator and you're throwing stuff out no so what I do is kind of like when you clean your closet uh-huh. you go like okay these are definitely going there's some things that I may say you really might not want to purchase these again, but that's, there are very few. It's more like mm, these are like seasonal or once in a while, and these are mainstream the every day. You get lied to like a dentist gets lied to. Did you, do you flush oh. your teeth? Yeah, well, this morning, which is why but, I'm bleeding in my gums. I bet that's where she goes to their house, though. Right, but when people tell you, like, let's say you open the refrigerator and it's nothing yes. but oatmeal and almond milk, <laughs> right. you know, and, and kale, you know if somebody's telling you the truth that they eat like that. Yeah. Well, I'm your worst nightmare, I think, because if you open my fridge, it would just be... 30 bottles of different condiments and uh, and there's nothing in my cupboards because I Uber Eats and Grubhub right. every well, day. And that's- <laughs> but you can do that healthy, right? Right. Absolutely. You can yeah, eat can. out healthy. And you know, that's the thing. I have to kind of uh, adjust the way I counsel individuals mm-hmm. to what they're actually doing, doing and I've what their lifestyle it. is. Otherwise, it doesn't make sense. Oh, if it doesn't I go, work, right? It doesn't work. And you know what? To your point that people lie to me, 
you know what? I can. I've been doing this thirty years. Yeah, you know, BS. I call them out on it. Right. And the other thing is, but you're probably doing it in a very nice way. Oh, in a very nice right, way. Right, right. But but I call them out on it in a nice way, and and I say, you know what? I can't help you if you lie to me. If you don't tell me what you're doing, then I can't really help you because I can say, you know what? If it's you know cookies, for example, you have an issue with, you know, use the food label. I recommend that. You know, use that as your portion. So, and if portion control is an issue, there's individually wrapped items that I can suggest. Well, that you, can you, purchase, know, you know, so there's things you can do to keep that aren't stuff. big deal yeah. lifestyle changes. They are changes in lifestyle, but it's not going to change your world where you're going. There's no way I can make that move. exactly. Okay. Yes, I, tr- I I I work with you. It's a gradual. It's a process because we're such creatures of habit. We eat the same things over and over. I can literally, um, so I have this website, figurefacts.com, and right now I had to redo it Mm because it's been out there for so long. Mm -hmm. So we're pilot testing it, the new one right now. But the cool thing about that is when you, when I would help people get started on the tracker, I would say, tell me the top 15 foods you, you purchase at the grocery store. And I would just load it for them and say, boom, you're done. Because basically, we eat the same foods over and over. I, Does your body want variety? Absolutely. Okay. So, absolutely. So it's not, I, think, I think your psyche wants variety. Sure. And it's not. And so your psyche is a big part of what you eat, I know. But yeah, salad absolutely. every day, yeah. <clears throat> you can mix up salads, but salad oh every gosh. day doesn't mean that's the answer. You know what? There was a restaurant in Highland Park when I was a kid mm-hmm. that the gentleman who owned the restaurant lost like, I think, over 100 pounds. Mm-hmm. And he started this restaurant, and the premise was a variety of salads. And he literally had like... 20 or 25 different salads there's so many ways to mix and match a salad that it's never going to be the same so variety is the spice of life well, what, do you do with people that, what do you do people that, that, that say don't like vegetables you know oh, they'll yeah. eat a few vegetables but they don't like vegetables because yeah. that's me i'll eat a few uh, but i'm not a fan okay okay so and do you like raw versus cooked like if you had like a, a no, I'd a say cooked. Cooked? <laughs> yeah, yes. I'd say cooked okay so and, and cooked is a little easier on your gut to be honest with mm-hmm. you. So, um, you know, puree it, pure, uh, throw it in a smoothie, um, puree it into a cream soup. Now, when I say a cream soup, it starts with a, a broth base, and then you literally take like a teaspoon of cream and, and drizzle it. it. Oh, you got to drizzle it, Steve, because it actually makes like a little, like, like a, you know, a like swirl. A swirl. little presentation. Ugh, the pres- My husband, when I, I did this once because I made... A, a truckload of vegetables for Christmas one year. It was a sure. medley. And and I'm like, okay, what am I going to do with the leftovers? I pureed them, and I made the soup, and I served it to my husband. Oh, and also did just a little dollop of olive oil. He was like, this looks like restaurant quality. Here's the thing. I got a new, uh, new little grand boy who's yeah. 11 weeks old. Okay. Maybe I just eat some of his baby food. <laughs> you know, because that's already pre-pureed. You know what I mean? <laughs> Well, you know what? Let me tell you something. They have these little pouches, yeah. and they're like fruit and, and vegetable blends, yeah. but you don't really taste the veggie. Yeah. Steve, I'm all about it. Why not? Why? Yeah. The organic ones? Yeah. 
Let the public mock me. I dare you. It's actually a known life hack. A lot of people carry the little pouches in their bags to go when they're traveling because it's healthier. And it's easy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's easy to go. Easy to take it to go. All right. I want to talk about Halloween, but I also want you to just uh, help us all figure out how to be a little healthier. We know we're never going to be Dave. We can't can't (laughs) reach that mountain. There's always somebody that you want to emulate in your crowd. you brought snacks in. I did. I brought some. An example of how to treat yourself healthy. Healthy treats for Halloween. Okay, we're gonna okay. Try these. So I wanted to just kind of give like a a healthier um, take to Halloween. Like obviously, candy. The the guidelines through the American Heart Association, for example, is that men should have no more than nine teaspoons of added sugar in their day, and women no more than six teaspoons. All right, good. Stop. Now let me break Wait, that down. There, to hold degree. Okay, okay, I want okay, to stop okay. right there. We're going to okay. come back, and you're going to fix sugar for us for the rest of our lives. Uh, okay. Because there's sugar in everything. There's sugar in this show. <laughs> the guest is nutritionist Roberta Gennaro. If people want to get a hold of you, how do they do it? So they would just um, reach out to me at uh, 312-988-4850. Okay. And my office has kind of this newfangled system, so I actually get an email when you reach out to me, and then I so make sure you leave your number. So you'll <laughs> so get I, contact. Yeah, very actually, quickly. it does. No, it does record the number, your phone number, and then you just let me know what you're looking to accomplish. I'm really great working with diabetics. Okay. Um, helped a lot of diabetics lower their insulin levels as well as come off oral agents, uh, especially once we take off a few pounds. Believe it or not, the body is very forgiving. You know, when you make a few adjustments in what you're doing. It's amazing what you can see. Your body's thankful and, uh, and uh, readjusts. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, whoa, you're on track, you know? Um, All right, so let's talk about treats. Okay. Everybody is going to be going through their kids' candy tonight. And by everybody, I mean dads. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, we're going to take the good stuff. And right. we're going to eat the, and, you know, we're going to leave the bad stuff. Um, but you've got three samples here of okay. healthy eats. Yes. Let's start with the fruit. Okay. So the fruit... Oh, the little fruit snacks? Super berries. Super berries, yes. Okay, so now these are all natural uh, gummy bears Okay. that you can get kind of, you know, if some of your health food stores, or I don't know if I should mention where I got them. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, so I got these treats at Whole Foods. Um, we I've have heard one, of Whole Foods. We have a great one in Park Ridge, and I love it. So anyway, went over there. Now, the thing I like, obviously there's still sugars in these um, gummy bears, mm-hmm. but the thing I like about it is the colors come from fruit concentrate like a powder so from blueberries and strawberries and raspberries you know those types of do you like them? Yeah, they really are good. Exactly. And your children, you know, have very discerning palates. So, trust me, they will like these. You don't have to worry about them saying, "Oh, is this the natural one?" They're just going to be healthier for eating that, you know, because they're going to eat candy on Halloween. And again, this is what we're talking about, available at Whole Foods. Correct. All right, coconut me. Okay. <laughs> yes. Okay. So we have the this unreal, it's a dark chocolate coconut bar. Love right? dark chocolate. Okay. So dark chocolate, I don't know if the listeners know, but dark chocolate is super packed with polyphenols and antioxidants and flavanols and this these good for your body compounds in moderation it's actually healthy for you correct yeah Yeah, yeah. in moderation that's it generally recommend a half an ounce to one ounce of chocolate in your day so you know this little bar i think is like what oh gosh let me go to the label 
It's 15 grams, so it's a half ounce now, serving. Now, we were going to try this together, but uh, G yes. ate all of hers during the break. She was very, I was, she I was very hungry. Time. She it's was very hungry. so delicious. And the no, thing I'm I noticed, too. too, too tastes, tastes like an almond joy. Really yeah, good. Right. Yeah. And the thing I noticed, can I just say, um, compared to um, brands on the market that are not in the healthier realm, there's about a teaspoon less sugar per serving. So, hey, if you can cut that, that's great. Because the, the key is cutting the added sugar in your diet. But how many You're, calories in this? Uh, in, in the, the coconut, the coconut? One? In the coconut. Uh, 70. That's nothing. Mm. In one bar. And what about the price of these? How expensive are these compared to, you know, like a Mounds or an Almond Yeah, dry? you know, we're probably talking, I don't know, it's not quite double, but it's it's a little higher. Yeah. And to be honest with you, I... I I don't know. I didn't look at the price. Well, but, well here's the thing, too. Uh, it's a great way to yeah. control you moderation-wise if it costs a little more. It's a fact of life. Yeah, you won't right. buy as much. <laughs> I, think, yeah. I think always yeah. better, better ingredients are a little bit more costly. Right, right. exactly. And, and my peanut butter friend here, this yes. is my crack. Chocolate okay. and peanut butter. Let me tell you, my husband's too. Yeah. So, so dark chocolate and peanut yeah. butter. Again, I would ask G what she thought, but she ate hers 10 minutes ago. <laughs> this was my favorite. The dark chocolate was nice. There's a nice uh, piece of dark chocolate. It was pretty thick yes. in the cup. Yes. And, but the peanut butter super creamy. It really is. Yes. So I think that's key. Is This is a winner. Is it a winner? Absolutely. Oh, Steve love gives it, it a I thumbs can, up. I love it. I could eat a hundred of these. <laughs> okay, so I thought that was a cup underneath. I was trying to pull it off yeah. like paper. Yeah, but right. but I shouldn't not. eat a hundred of them. Oh, That's my God. Part oh, of it. Absolutely okay. not. No, so. no, no. You know, one or two of these bite-sized candies in your day, I say, is reasonable. Because if you look at the sugar content, uh, this has, let's see, eight grams. All right, and there's four grams of sugar in a teaspoon of sugar. Four grams of carb in a teaspoon of sugar. Okay. Okay. So you got two teaspoons of sugar. Now think about it. If you look at the guidelines, like six teaspoons of sugar for women and nine for men, or roughly nine for men. Right. um, I mean... If, if that's I put, 36 grams a day. Yeah, and when I right, get out of bed in the morning. Day. Yeah, for men. When I get out of bed in the morning, put my socks on. I've already had women. 25 grams of sugar by then. <laughs> okay. And I haven't gone anywhere near food. There is sugar in everything. Yes, yes. So it's it's not so much, it's the added sugar we're talking about. It's not so much the natural occurring sugar, say, for example, in fruit yeah. or in dairy products. Okay. So, again, you just got to look for... For example, um, we were talking about Greek yogurt. Mm -hmm. Okay, you could buy plain Greek yogurt, Mm -hmm. and you can add a teaspoon of honey, which gives you some antibacterial, antiviral properties, Mm -hmm. and you're going to get a little bit more benefit than just white table sugar. And then take your berries and mash them into... Your yogurt. How about a little granola? You like a little granola and you in there? Put, you could put, a, yeah. you know, say two to four tablespoons of a granola in there. Excuse me. <clears throat> so you <laughs> can have sugar. You can yes. live your life. You just have to be <clears throat> smart about it. But here's the thing. Yes. People need to come see you. They need to talk to you. Yes. They need to consult you because this is not a quick fix we can do in two seconds That's on the right. show. That's right. But you've already taught us some things here that were not painful. You didn't right. take the fun out of Halloween. No. No. I don't know why G said that. The other... <laughs> The other cool thing about these Unreal candies is that they are fair trade certified ingredients. Yeah. And gluten-free, some of them as well, which there's a lot of people following that way of eating these days. And then there are some that are allergen-free, like those gummies. Oh, yeah. Those are allergen-free. And for some kids out there, yeah, it's a huge deal. I mean, when their bag comes home, 
you know, their parents have to go through it and make sure they're not going to have a major reaction. So let me just speak for you. Yes. Enjoy Halloween. Okay, you too. Uh, no, I'm saying you. This, oh, this is your okay. message. <laughs> Enjoy Halloween. Okay. Don't go crazy. Yes. Um, have some candy with your kids. You know, don't allow the yes. kids to control the bag or the or whatever. Exactly. Um, after a couple of days, it's perfectly okay to say, now we're going to take it to this place or that place, and we're going to say goodbye to the candy. Yes. It doesn't have to last forever. Right. And then get on a new th- a shtick for the holidays. You don't need right. to do... The average American gains 45 pounds between Thanksgiving and Christmas. You don't need to do that you this don't. year. You don't. You don't. You know, if you can Preach actually, it, sister. Yes. If you can actually make your goal to at least just maintain your weight yeah. through the holidays, you know you've made great strides. And Steve will be able to do that now on his new diet of baby food. Yes, I'm just going to have baby food and... (laughs) And, and not even water. I'm going to have oxygen and baby food. Oh, that's the other thing. You need water. I drink a lot when, of water. Okay, so, yeah. but can we just say one last point? Yeah, go. Is with sticky candy and candies in general, uh-huh. you need to swish with water or at least, you know, if you have a toothbrush available, just, you know, kind of do the once over and get the candy off your teeth yeah. because literally it takes like seconds for it to start turning to those acids that break down your enamel. Don't we have a show hygienist? <laughs> We're going to do a live uh, teeth cleaning. Right. right. Give people your contact again. How do okay. people get hold of you? Okay. So you can reach me at 312-988-4850. And thank you so much, Steve, for having We're going to have you back. Oh, fabulous. Yeah, I love go. it. Happy thank Halloween. You. Happy Halloween to you, too. Northwestern Newsroom next, 720 WGN. This is my favorite time every year on Halloween. Ever since I came back in 2013, Dave has done the Michael Jackson Thriller dance for me. Yeah. I'm getting better. You people on CLTV, you're loving it. I like when you do the hand bob, Dave. Mm-hmm. Give him a little bit of that. Uh, Dave is bringing up something. is a classic Chicago memory. How many of you, raise your hands if you're in your car now. How many of you on Halloween night, 1994, were with me and Dave and others at Soldier Field as it sleeted, snowed, rained, and snowed again sideways with 30 to 50 mile an hour winds in the saddest halftime presentation ever? As uh, Butkus and uh, Butkus and Sayers, D- Dick Butkus and Gail Sayers were they their, honored. They had their numbers retired. Had their numbers retired in a ceremony they prayed to God would be over in thirty seconds. Was- Not me. I was only one years old, Steve. Just in case. <laughs> oh, okay, thanks for that. Okay, nice. Happy yeah, you Halloween. shouldn't have been there if you were one. But the fact is that until today, I don't remember a Halloween in Chicago with this kind of crappy weather. Other than that night, and that night was the worst. And I also remember driving into the city that night took about three hours. Yeah, it was crazy. It was just, it was absolutely the worst. As soon as the halftime ceremony was over, and by the way, Brett Favre carved up the Bears that yep. night, and and they were wearing throwback uniforms. The Bears had these orange and black stripe, or maybe they were blue, but these stripes. Yep. It was hideous, and they got blown out by the Packers. And we, as soon as the halftime ceremony was over, the place just cleared out. The, literally, the only other time I've ever been at Soldier Field with worse weather, and I wouldn't even say it was worse, I would say it was more tolerable, was the bitterly cold Blackhawks Pittsburgh Penguins oh, yeah. outdoor game stadium series game. stadium series in 15 was it yeah March 1st March 1st and it was snowing and it was snowing so much 
that we watch people in front of us have three to four inches of snow build up on their hats uh, while the game was going on. But it was still more tolerable that night than it yep. was that Halloween. If my news memory holds uh, up, uh, that night I was covering a plane crash yeah, in, in Indiana. Northwest Indiana. Yeah. American Eagle American plane went down, plane. icing issue. Yeah. Uh, anyway, happy memories. David Hochberg joins us. How are you today? Great segue. Plane crash into David Hochberg. <laughs> well, you're great. <laughs> Perfect. You've always great, been, Steve. Thanks, buddy. No, You've sorry. always been more of a car crash to me. Yeah. yeah. Train crash, car yeah. crash, yeah. plane <laughs> crash, not yeah. so much. Nice job. Um, are your girls too old to trick-or-treat now? Uh, no. My girls, uh, 11, 14, and 16, and they're going out tonight. If it's still on, I don't know if Northbrook's canceled it. I mean, I, have you ever heard of a town canceling it? Well, back in the day. Do you think kids are soft enough today? Oh, please. <laughs> I, I, I'm surprised my wife doesn't want me to like run around to drop off the 300 bars to the neighbors. Here, here though, Johnny. Don't want you to get cold. Here's yeah, so your two bars. That would be on the so it's like reverse trick-or-treating. Yeah, reverse trick-or-treating. Hey, and, and, and when I stop by, have your parents' mortgage uh, statement there so I can see if I can save them <laughs> some money. Team Ockberg, we talk about them all the time. What do we know about the markets after the uh, Fed statement yesterday wow. or the day before? I'll, I'll tell you what. The, uh, the bond traders were concerned about inflation, but the uh, Fed chair tamped that down. And mortgage rates, six weeks ago when I came on, I said, I haven't seen rates this low in about a year. And ever since when I came on, they started inching up in anticipation for this meeting. Right. Well, since they released the notes for, uh, from yesterday's meeting stating that they don't feel like the inflation is on the upswing and that inflation's in check, the, the mortgage rates have dropped down back to where they were where I was on six weeks ago. So... If your 30-year fix isn't in the threes, you need to be talking to a mortgage professional today and get that taken care of. If you entered into what a mortgage loan, professional, maybe a team Hockberg? Well, I would prefer that, yeah. so it would be nice. Um, uh, 56david.com or 855-56-DAVID. I'm just mm-hmm. trying to be you know, out there. Proactive. Proactive. But mm-hmm. uh, this time last year, rates started increasing. Mm-hmm. And by the end of December, early January, we were quoting borrowers rates in the fives. So if you refinance at this time last year, through the end of the year, January, February, March, you need to call 855-56-DAVID for a free mortgage consultation because there is a huge chance we can um, reduce your payment by rearranging your financial furniture. FHA loans. Folks in FHA loans, we've seen a little spike in values. If you went into an FHA loan in the past couple of years and you didn't put 10% down, you're in a 30-year fixed loan, you have PMI on that loan through for the next 30 years. Maybe you're a mortgage professional didn't tell you that, but you are not going to remove PMI on that loan if you didn't put down more than 10%. Yeah, G. You're not going to remove your PMI. Yeah, G. PMI, G. I have a lot of PMI. I know. Well, we got we to look at that. We need to do a little valuation. And... Um, before we get into other things, I have something very special that uh, I wanted to do, but we couldn't figure out how to do it on this show. I posted on my Facebook page, the Chicago Blackhawks are having a Veterans Day uh, a game to honor veterans the day before Veterans Day. It's okay. on Sunday, November 10th. And I posted on my Facebook page. We did it for cancer, Hockey Fights Cancer Night. We had uh, cancer survivor and, and, and kids battling cancer in, in our suite this past Sunday. Very so nice. on the 10th of November... What we're going to do is, I contacted the Alan J. Lynch Foundation, which is a great organization. Alan J. Lynch, he's been on your show, Medal of Honor recipient. They do great things for veterans. Sure. Contacted Paul Bryan, who's my contact up there. They're going to, I donated three sets of tickets, so six veterans from the Vietnam War, World War II, or Korean War eras. 
I want these gentlemen or women who haven't experienced a hockey game in a couple of years from Vietnam, Korea, or World War II that want to see a hockey game in the Team Hockberg Center Ice Suite. I have a pair of tickets. It's very simple. All you have to do is send me an email in, in the subject line. It's 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 hockey night, you know, team hockey, whatever. Just put hockey game and what just put your name, rank, when you served, and your DD two fourteen number. I'm gonna pick a winner. I'm gonna select randomly a winner. And I announce it uh, on my show across the river, but I don't want to talk about. It. But on on the day before, so all you have to do is be a vet from either the Vietnam, the Korean, or the World War II eras. Send me an email. Oh, that's nice of you. Well, I, it's what I want to give back: food, booze, d- dessert cart with you know the, the, the full nine yards. Well, wait, normally you limit the dessert cart to one lap. Are you telling me that veterans can go back twice? I will tell you this. We we had a five year old girl. I won't mm-hmm. give the name out for you know. We had a five year old girl. Gilda's Club sent a five year old little sweetheart mm-hmm. and her father to the game. I had of course the macaroni and cheese, which is the best macaroni and cheese <laughs> on the planet, which has already been established, <laughs> and hot dogs for the kids. Uh-huh. She didn't want, and I had popcorn, limited popcorn. She didn't want it. She ate the popcorn. Didn't want to have anything to do with the hot dogs or the greatest macaroni and cheese on the planet. She had an ice cream sundae with the cookie dough and the sprinkles. It was like a $40 ice cream, which was fine. It's great. She didn't eat anything else but popcorn. You would have spent anything she Whatever wanted. Whatever she wanted. Yep. I, if she wanted yep. to take home 15 cookies yep, for, for $700, that would have been great. Yep. But she she had the best time. Her dad was very appreciative. So I wanted to do the same thing for the veterans. If you want two or three laps around the dessert cart, knock yourself out. It's the least we could do. Uh, stick around because uh, we have more questions. Bring it on. And uh, somebody just said, just refinance with Team Hochberg. I'm at 425. Do I need to do it again? Uh, A lot of variables go into the loan. Maybe it was a cash out refinance, which impacts the rate. So we should take a look at it. Uh, You know, there are a lot of, I don't know what the credit score is. I don't know what the loan to value is, but you should definitely. Why can't you be psychic, too? Well, because we we, we refinanced like 140 Uh, people last month. It's not like I've got everybody in my. All the details floating around. No, that'd be scary. You got to be really scary. Recontact Team Hochberg, and how do people do that? Uh, simple: eight five 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 six D A V I D or five six David dot com. And for people that have worked with somebody on your team, do they need to contact the same person? Yeah, of course. Or just call five six David dot com. No, not of course. No, no. It's it, a simple question. You no, don't need to yell. No, at me. yeah, no. Listen, there. What some, is with you yelling at people, me? I'm not yelling. I'm talking very loud. You've got very bad ears. So, I, I, and my wife just got me one of those wax gunners, which was great. It's like. Six dollars on sale at Walgreens because I got problems with the wax in my ear. Okay, and I'm so excited because that's what I'm doing when I get home. Tonight. She sent me a picture, a text picture. She's like, "Look what I got you." I'm like, "This is love right here. This is true love." That's how you well, know you've been married a long time oh. and your wife is trying to help you get the wax out of your yeah, ears. Yeah, so I could hear her for everything she wants me to do. Like, <laughs> I can't hear you. So uh, nine seventeen. We'll come back with David Hochberg in a second. Get a question three one two nine eight one seventy two hundred is the number. You could text me with that anytime. And uh, we're back after this. Some movement. Let's go to the newsroom. In the teacher strike, and it's being reported by the Sun-Times this morning, uh, apparently uh, the mayor may be willing to negotiate compensating teachers for days spent on a strike. Uh, if that's what it takes to get back uh, into school, a uh, tweet this morning from Fran Spielman from the Sun-Times, uh, apparently quoting Alderman Michael Scott Jr. of the 24th Ward, who is the mayor's hand-picked uh, chairman of the City Council Education Committee, saying the mayor may be willing to do this, to make this movement in order to get kids back to class, whether that means uh, paying them for all the days or meeting them halfway or some of the way. We don't know that yet. But the uh, teachers are scheduled to be at City Hall in about 40 minutes for a rally, so there could be more developments before the top of the hour. Thank you, sir. Yep. And uh, he'll have headlines here in about 10 minutes. Uh, David Hochberg, texter from the 217. What do you do? Uh, what are you to do? 
Ask Dave, what are you do is get a five-year balloon? I don't know if they have a five-year balloon and they need help, or they'd like a five-year balloon, or maybe they just like a balloon. Uh, well, you get balloons at at the dollar store, mm-hmm. and um, I think they're like six dollars. But okay. if you get them at the dollar store, I think they're a dollar. Could there be any other question? Or would you um, if they have a five-year balloon loan, which balloons at the end of the five years after after five-year term, it typically you have. Um, you have the well. You have to refinance, right? Well, two things happen. It can either convert into a twenty-five year fixed loan. There are sometimes the balloons have a conversion rate, and sometimes they are due, which means you have to do something. If you have a balloon, um, get a hold of the note that you signed when you closed the loan. And if you want to send it to me, just send me an email, David at five six David. I'll be more than happy to review it for you for for no charge to make sure what type of loan you're in. Because a lot of people have no idea the type of loans they went into, even though their mortgage professional should have told them when they went into it. So if you have a five-year balloon that starts with a four, you should definitely look at doing something now because uh, rates should be, and your loan-to-value is low and you haven't refinanced in a while and you have good credit, you could probably get into threes today. Uh, David Hochberg used to be in the steel business. Scrap iron and metal. <clears throat> really? He, he taught himself this mortgage stuff. Yeah. Taught well, himself finance. got to be a genius then. Well, I, let's not go, uh, let, uh, you have a very, very open definition of genius. <laughs> I want, would never put No, but I'm impressed by that, really. 630, I have a 357 with a PMI. Is it worth it to refinance to get rid of the PMI? That's a very good question. If you're in an FHA loan, 3.57 or 3.75? 3.57. Definite, maybe, because it uh, depends on how long that individual has been in, in the loan. If it's an FHA loan, like I said originally, uh, earlier that they did not put 10% down they haven't uh, they're going to have PMI for the rest of the life of their loan we we ran numbers for a guy we took him out of a 3 put him into a 4 and a quarter uh, he had PMI FHA put him into a conventional loan his, his his payment actually went down with conventional PMI that will fall off in the future so here's what I, I recommend to folks the consultation is free F R E E the best four letter word in the English language that starts with an F mm-hmm. okay all you have to do the consultation is free, and all you have to do is make a scan. Uh, just make a scan of your mortgage statement and email it, david at 56david.com. It's free. So we will look at it. <clears throat> it's like, listen, I, I had a problem with my car, right? I don't know anything about cars, except the, the light came on. So what do I do? I call up my guys at uh, a, 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 at, at the, the dealer a, 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 in, in St. Charles. I'm like, hey, I got a problem. Can you send a guy out swap out the car? Boom, they swap out the car. They came in. They plugged it in at the dealership. They said, this is what's wrong with it. You think I know what's wrong with my no, car? You don't know what's I don't know what's wrong with my car. No, you, don't, you, don't, you don't know anything. Most people don't even know what rate they have on their mortgage. or yeah. don't even know what PMI is or, right. or, or what how long they plan to stay in their home. Right. So listen, I talked to a lady yesterday that we refinanced four years ago. She is in a 5.25% loan. I quoted her a, a rate yesterday covering the closing costs. We're going to save her $3,600 a month. It's going to cost her nothing. It was one phone call. Okay? $3,600 a month, huge. And she's going to use that money to pay off her debt, which is going to save her even more money. So your favorite people, if I could speak for you, are the people that want to find out if they can work with you and want to figure it out as opposed to just sure. sit around and wonder all day and not do anything about it. I can't it, 100% right and and there's no bigger high than than taking money out L- last month we we helped 
listeners take out $1.3 million of equity out of their home, pay off mm-hmm. credit card debt, student loans, credit, um, uh, home improvements, pay off car loans, pay off other debt, save them over $12,000 last month alone. So far, we've pulled out close to $1.6 million of equity out of, out, of, out of listeners' homes and helped them save on an annualized basis close to $1.6 million. That's a lot. I mean, it's a lot of money that that's going right back in the economy that they could use it to fund their kids' college education, to pay off other debt, to to do the repairs on their homes. There's a ton of stuff going on. So you're just trying to help. That's all I'm trying to do. Yeah, that's it. I mean, just listen. I, I've been doing this radio thing for like 17 years now, mm-hmm. and it's been pretty successful. And people, you know, I've helped out a lot of people. Our team's helped out. You're a lot trying of to do the right thing. It's trying to save the world one loan at a time. Yeah. If we, we want to get down to it, uh, down the nitty gritty. There you go. Um, if people want to contact Team Ockberg, what do they do? Uh, simple. It's 855-56-DAVID, or you can go to our website, 56david.com. And again, the consultation's free. I, you know, I, I talked to six people yesterday. Couldn't help any one of them. But it was just like, I'm like, hey, you got a great rate. Hey, I'm sorry you're four months behind on your payment. Hey, you know what? Why don't you look at doing this? Hey, I just lost my job. I don't have any income in, but I want to I want to refinance. I said, you know, I want to get to a pair of 34-inch pants, but that's not happening either. You know, <laughs> you know just, just six people, I couldn't help at all. But I had the conversations with them, and they had the information. They felt comfortable that they weren't. I said, listen, you're going to call around to four other people, and somebody's going to tell you what you want, and you're going to get drilled. So I'm telling you the truth. You know, Until you get a job, this lady was four months behind. I'm like, I can't do anything. Nobody could do anything. You have to either call the Illinois Heart Well, that's the thing. David Hochberg will give you a frank answer on where you are. Don't right. be offended by the frank answer. Do what he asks you to do, and you're going to fig- figure it out. Uh, we got questions here about being uh, on disability, about rates, yes. about 6% loan, all that. Uh, they just need to contact you. That's it. Because we're it, out of time. It, it, it's no problem. I understand. we got to hit a break. 855-56-DAVID. We can use disability income as income to refinance somebody's home. And we can use income from a retirement fund. Uh, we can set up a stream of income off a retirement fund in order to use that to re, uh, pay off debt and refinance. Get a hold of well. Team Hockberg. Ask it, your buddy. questions. Thank you for Thank having Thank you, David Hockberg. I appreciate you being Happy here. Happy Halloween. And to you. Good costume. Thank you. Blackhawks radio station with one of the all-time greats and a swell guy, too. One half of the best play-by-play and color team in hockey, John Weideman and our pal Troy Murray. Good morning, Troy. Good morning, Steve. How are you? I'm fine. Nice boy from Calgary. You're probably looking out your window going, what a beautiful day. Uh, Well, we're in L.A. and it's going to be 80 and sunny. Mm, I guess you're not looking out that window, then, are you? <laughs> not looking out our window. Sorry, sorry to be a downer, but... Yeah. Um, this is good Canadian weather we're having today. Uh, I know, I see that. That's too bad. I know you don't mean that, but I appreciate you saying it anyway. Um, what are we going to do with these guys? <laughs> what team? What, what team is this team? Is this team the team that beat the Kings at the United Center, or are the teams that laid an egg the other night and gave up 50 shots? Well, it's a work in progress. The other night uh, was very disappointing, and I know that uh, everybody involved in that in that game, coaching staff, players, everybody, um, not very happy with what happened. I mean, that was a severe beatdown by a good hockey team that played full 60 minutes of non-cheating hockey, and 
you know, Blackhawks can take a lesson from what Nashville did in that game and, and bring it into what they have to do against the Kings on Saturday night. They need to find some consistency, you know, whether it's from game to game, from period to period. Uh, they're looking for some consistency. And, and until they get that, until they get that hard 60-minute effort that they've shown a few times this season, um, there's going to be some struggles. And they, they need to straighten it out soon because where you look at uh, where the Blackhawks are in the standings, you, you don't want to sink any further. And you've got another three games on this road trip that are very important. Troy, one of the things uh, Jeremy Colladin talked about after that game the other night was uh, what he felt was a lack of uh, compete level by the Blackhawks. He didn't feel that that the effort uh, up and down the roster was good enough in that game. Uh, you know, that's that's pretty tough talk from a head coach, especially this early in the season. Do, do statements like that get through to players? I mean, it, when when a coach calls a team out like that, does does that tend to get through to them? And, and Dave, you know what? That, that's a coach being nice and sugarcoating it. <laughs> right. Wow. <laughs> In a lot of ways. I mean, they need to be better. And I think that it, it should resonate uh, within the players. And if you don't you know, get the response that you're looking for from the players, then maybe you've got an issue that's deeper than anything you can think of there. I was really surprised because uh, in that game against Nashville, you knew that Nashville – is a hardworking team, and you knew that that you know that playing in Nashville on their ice is a very tough place to play. So, whether maybe there's some inexperience, or, you know, that's in the lineup or not, um, to not expect Nashville to compete like they did um, is is kind of a surprise. And it's, it, I think that if you're a coaching staff, you try to prepare these guys as good as you can. And when you come out that flat against a team that just completely overwhelmed you um, and not really getting any kind of response is, is disappointing. So it should resonate inside that locker room. And I think every player after that game was embarrassed of, of what happened. You read all the articles after. You, you heard the comments that were made after that game being outshot 51-20. to 20 And, and it, it's 3 nothing. we all realize this was very flattering. Um, to the Blackhawks as far as the score and what it could have possibly been without the play of Robin Leonard. Um, so you, you got to take that individually um, to heart and make sure that you look in the mirror. There's there's nothing else you can do and collectively as a group come back and be prepared to, to play the right way against a team that is struggling in, in their own way as well, the LA Kings. So, uh, look, uh, you and I have been pals for a long time. Um, I, I, you've forgotten more hockey than I'll ever know. But I pay attention, and uh, you know, I consider I consider it part of my job to uh, you know have some understanding of what's happening in the National Hockey League. Uh, I don't, am I wrong about the fact that this is a talented team? I mean, I think the moves Stan made in the off season in the summer were pretty good, and I was really excited about what we have on paper. And I know there's a period of gelling and all the cliches that go with it, but I'm hearing a lot of Blackhawk fan frustration right now. Well, I think the frustration is coming from the fact that there was higher expectations coming into this season because of what they did um, during the summer months to improve this team. They, they made some adjustments on the defense. You brought in a, 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 you know, a, an excellent goaltender. Uh, you've got some real good talent that we can talk about here, too, in, in a second with uh, Kirby Doc. Um you added some different elements up front. You brought back Andrew Shaw. So there was a lot of an excitement, and I think for the fans – 
to see the team kind of struggle with consistency in the way that they've played early on here is something that they can kind of say, well, boy, I didn't see this coming. I thought this was going to be a good year and we're going to be right back in there. Still a lot of time left, but I, I think that you know their, their frustration kind of stems from the expectations coming into this season, maybe compared to the end of last year. So you mentioned Kirby Doc, and now we get the word he's going to be sticking around, not going back to the juniors. Uh, what's the next step for him, Troy? What is what does he need to do to elevate his game to where it needs to be? Yeah, you know the, the exciting news came yesterday, and and uh, <laughs> you know it was kind of funny. Real quickly, going back to when I was my first full year in the NHL, I waited until basically December. And I was staying in a hotel downtown, and, and nobody had told me that I had made the team. So I just kind of assumed that I'm just going to sit in the hotel and wait until somebody says something. And I ran into the general manager back then in, in the sauna at the uh, at the old Chicago Stadium, and he asked me where I was living. And I said, well, I'm at the hotel, because they had never told me that I made the team and go get a place. So <laughs> I, was, I was just kind of hanging out in limbo because I was, you know, I was only 19, and I didn't want to ask you know, can I get a place? Did I make the team? You know, what was going on? So anyway, you know, for Kirby to get the news yesterday, I think that for him, it's a lot of relief that he knows that he's going to be here this year. There's always concern, especially as an 18-year-old kid. Am I going to be here? Am I not? Am I going to play nine games, get sent down? You get a little bit on edge thinking about where your future is going to be for this season. So it's great news for the for the team. And I, I think the upside for Kirby Dock at six foot four, 200 pounds now uh, is tremendous. We all know that the Blackhawks got lucky winning the lottery this year and moving up into a position where you really got a big impact type of a player uh, in Kirby Doc. So he's excited. The Blackhawks are excited. I think that, you know, there's going to be, you know, there's going to be some, uh, some inconsistency in, in his game as he tries to figure out how to play in the NHL at only 18 years of age. And you expect that, but, but the upside of him is tremendous. He's a great kid. He's got a great work ethic. He's got NHL size right now. He, he needs to get a little bit heavier, even though he's 200 pounds, he's, he's still a little bit light. And that, that was kind of mentioned the other day that, you know, that's one thing that, that he needs to do is get a little bit stronger to match up against the bigger NHL players. Um, but, but it, everybody loves this kid. He's got great talent. And I think that he's going to, as you move forward this season, you're going to see him be a bigger piece of the puzzle. Um, just on according to how he can adjust and how quickly he can make the, the plays at the NHL level compared to junior hockey. It's a big step. Uh, but to have him in the fold and for him to know that he's going to be here all season long uh, is a real big bonus for the Blackhawks and for Kirby Doc. And because he earned it. This is not something where you're trying to make oh, sure no. you, yeah, uh, no. pay, you pay off a high draft pick. This is not an experiment. He deserves to be on the team. Sure he did. He's been really good, and you know he's only playing about twelve minutes a game. And I think Jeremy um, has done a, a good job of kind of working him into the equation. I think you'll see him now that he is going to be here, be a little bit more involved in some of the things like the power play, maybe uh, some more five on five action. Uh, but you also have to protect him in, in certain ways to make sure that he you put him in a position to succeed. And that's a coach's read that he'll just get the feeling for, you know, sometimes for a young player, 
um, your preparation is a little bit inconsistent. You might get a little bit tired because it's a long season. Jeremy actually mentioned yesterday that they'll be really careful in managing his time this season to make sure that he's rested. But he's living with Brent Seabrook. He's a great guy. You know, he's going to be taking care of it at Seed's house. So a lot of positives. And this kid has earned his opportunity to stay the season, and, and good for him because the expectations were high, and he's met those. And speaking of Seabrook, I know he's not happy not playing. I'm sure you went through being a healthy scratch a couple of times as a veteran. It, it kind of goes with the territory, right? Yeah, it does, and it, it, it stings. Um, and, and what I like about it is he's not happy about it. Absolutely. <laughs> I think if, as, as a player, if and a veteran player like Brent, if if you know he gets sat out and he's he's the healthy scratch and you go oh that's okay i don't mind i'm I'm an older player and you know i know that uh, you know where i stand you don't want that attitude you want the attitude that he showed that i still got a lot left and i you know i'm mad and i'm glad he's mad uh, because that's gonna make him want it more when he comes back in i don't want a player who's not playing that's saying well that's okay with me i don't care i don't don't want to play then it's just like i'm getting paid so i'll just I want to see what Brent Seabrook did. I want him to be mad. I want him to be upset that he's been taken out of the lineup. Now it's up to Brent when he comes back in to show a better energy level and to be, you know, the type of player that, that everybody expects him to be, the leader that everybody expects him to be. I don't want him to be happy about not sitting out. All right, uh, last word, and I'll let you go, bud, and I appreciate the time, and uh, have fun in L.A. and get a win tonight and all that. And, of course, all this is sponsored by ChevyDriveChicago.com. Um, good friends at Chevy. What were you going to say? Actually, Saturday. What did I say tonight? Tonight. Yeah, good luck tonight in whatever you're doing, but you're not playing until Saturday. <laughs> I got up I'll super early. Dude, I got up super here's, early today. I don't even know a, who I am. Here's a little clue here, Steve. I'll see if I can hit him straight. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, 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 it's a good thing I like you. That's all I have to say. Uh, all right, so here's the question. Power play. Awful. Awful, awful, awful. The Hawks know it's awful. Um, I'm sure you've been on teams where you've struggled with that. How do you fix it? And if you say score while you're on the power play, that part I know. <laughs> you know what? That, that part is very frustrating. With, with all the pieces of the puzzle that the Blackhawks have as far as skilled players, shooters, passers, playmakers, it needs to be better, and it's just, I know for the coaches, it's very frustrating. For me as a broadcaster, it's very frustrating, and, and the fans see it the last couple seasons. But it, last year, at the end of last year, for whatever reason, it went from almost last place, and I think it moved into the top ten um, at, at one point. It was red hot, and you've got the exact same personnel that had a red hot power play that now is you know dead cold again this season. I, I, you know what? There's no... There's no rhyme or reason to it other than when I see that the the guys out on the power play right now, they're not feeling the confidence um, that you saw last year. They don't have that little strut when they get out there. They're a little bit nervous. They hesitate a little bit. Um, They hold on to the puck a little bit more because now you're trying to be a little bit more precise rather than just kind of moving the puck and reacting. Um, but it's a work in progress. You just have to keep showing them what is effective. You have to keep, you know, kind of driving it into them that move the puck, move the feet, get shots to the net, get traffic to the front of the net. I've always said this, in a, whether it's power play or five on five, when you're struggling to score goals, rather than complicate it, just simplify it. Get bodies, 
to the net, get lots of traffic. That's exactly what Nashville did the other night. Nick Bedino scored three goals from about 10 feet right. uh, total because he was in front of the net. Uh, Robin Leonard made the initial saves on all of those, but because the puck was there and he had the willingness to you know, bang in the rebounds, he got rewarded with a hat trick. So take a page out of that book, throw it into what the Blackhawks need to do, equate that to the power play and get a little bit more hungry, a little bit more greedy. Our friends at ChevyDriveChicago.com. Make sure that Troy has a great ride. And I'm, of course, driving around in the white lightning today and the snow. Well, Troy's out making sure he has sunblock on. Um, and by the way, the game's not till Saturday, Troy, so don't go there tonight. Um, I'm not going to go there tonight. I'm going to be... well I, Researching. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be researching. That's it. That's why I'm your friend. Thank <laughs> you, buddy. I do want to give. I oh. want to give a quick shout out to uh, John Steinmiller, who made sure that I was up this morning for the the interview. I do appreciate that. Yeah, because uh, I was going to accuse you of being a diva, but Johnny's always good. Uh, thank you, bud. <laughs> Uh, Steve, Dave, thanks for having me on. Love you guys. Love you back. Troy Murray, John Wideman. They'll have the call Saturday night in L.A. And we're back in a moment on 720 WGN. All right, so uh, CTU Communications Director Chris Giovannis on a statement on the CPS CTU strike and uh, the CTU's position. Here you go. We want our students to have every minute of instructional time that they are afforded under state law. We want students to be able to make up those instructional days. The mayor so far has said no. There is uh, no surprise here. Um, you know, you feel like you have to preface this all the time by saying the following. I support teachers. I don't know who doesn't support teachers. I think the union screwed up here. Because the mayor said in the beginning, we're not making up the lost days. Well, she just spoke a few minutes ago and said that the CTU is giving them an ultimatum, and she said that's a non-starter. She did open the door to say she's willing to negotiate with an eye perhaps toward uh, giving them some days back. Well, that's the only solution, right? I mean, how else would you solve it? Yeah, yeah, if I gotta fix everything. Uh, Bill and Wendy are here. Hi, kids. Hi, Steve. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. And you. Or Merry Christmas, whatever you'd prefer. Bill, what do you give? Bill, Bill, you're very childlike. What do you give out for Halloween? Bullion cubes. Yes. <laughs> you know what? Kids the love kids them. Kids love the chicken soup. or beef or veggie. We're doing beef this year. We did um, chicken last year. Remember that year you gave out split pea soup? Yes. Mm. That was a fun time for everyone. I felt like it was a tactical error. <laughs> no. In retrospect, it may have been a tactical error. Who's on the show today? We are going to talk about haunted Chicago uh, places with Ursula Bielski. And, uh, do they still do that uh, tour? Yeah, uh-huh. haunted Chicago tour? She, she manages those tours. And I'm sorry, nothing says Halloween like Sven Gulli. Oh, that's true. So that's he'll true. be on with our Tell yearly... Tell him I said hi. I will. All right. Yeah. He lived with me for a while. We had a place. You guys, you and Sven Gulli? Yeah, we shared expenses. <laughs> I didn't realize that. Let me tell you something. Total slob. <laughs> I mean, corpses everywhere. Oh, yeah. It's just ridiculous. Hair in the drain. Oh. Bunk yeah. beds? Ugh. Yes. Uh, yeah, but with Sven Gulli, you definitely want to be on the bottom. <laughs> Did you have the bunk bed where you... <laughs> You took a slide to get down from the top bunk. Yeah, well, we had that for a while, but he thought it would be funny to have, like, headless people sliding down. No, that's not funny. That's scary. I don't know. Having said that, love the guy. Yeah, he's a great guy. Uh, All right, so uh, that's Bill and Wendy. They're doing a show. Dave, good luck today with Halloween. Dave's giving out bundles of kale. Yeah, Mm. I think uh, the kids are going to be excited. (laughs) That'll be fantastic. G, happy Halloween. Super Joe, happy Halloween. Vivian, Steve, Mary, happy Halloween, everybody. You too, Steve. Yeah, happy Halloween.
That was like the end Thanks of the Walton's episode. Up. I hope you get rid of all your $10,000 worth of candy. Bring us your uh, extra candy. You don't know. You just don't know. Uh, news time now. Then Bill and Winnie.